There we go. Yeah, we had we had that one from uh from the last week. Just 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 one tip, two tips, three. Pick me up a little bit there, Chris. Pick me up a little bit. There we go. Go. Am I right? All right, baby. You know, guys, know what it is. We're coming live and direct to you from North Hollywood, California. My name is Gil. I am the American Troll. This is American Troll podcast. I got the homie Boo Boo in the house. That's right. That's right. What's up? What's up? And today we have a triple OG, a 30-year member of the infamous MS-13 gang Damn. who has completely changed his life around and actually runs now Homies and Needles in Colorado, Mr. Gerardo, if you will, Lopez, a.k.a. <laughs> Clever. What's up, boo? Hey, what's up, Gil? Thanks for having me, dog. It's a pleasure to be here in your house. That's right. You know, uh, gracias as well, man. Uh, don't, don't, no, it's the wrong one. Hey, uh, is that one? Is that one? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. You, you... We just we we're over here partying for a little bit and well I don't know if if it's that one it should be that one. All right, we should be all right. Don't even don't even trip. Yeah, we just got some uh we got some new equipment in the house. So with the new equipment, put that guy looking pretty and sexy right there. He just got done doing about 150 burpees. Yeah. I, I figure I have to get some burpees if I come to the Concona. You know, pay my respects to your to, to your crib, Gil. I have to pay my respects, man. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was counting them out, man. What, what's up, Big Lev? How you doing, brother? Good, man. You know, it's just good to uh to be back in in uh in LA and you know visiting fans and friends. That's right. Uh, but but the first thing I gotta ask you, man. Uh, are you on the juice for? Oh, oh man. <laughs> My homeboys, I got one homeboy, my homeboy laughing. He always thinks I'm in the Jews. Pero, so you're not. Pero nah, you know, I was this big, homie, when I was 20 years old in, in YA. Let's see if, this, wow. if I see any YA babies that are with me in, uh, in YA. It's back in 95 or 98 or something. Yeah. I was locked up in this place, uh, Centro, California. It was like a drug rehab. And right there, dog, they fed you firme, man. We ate like kings three, four times a, week, uh, uh, a day. And we had the pig iron weights. And you know what? Sometimes I trip out when I work on my, my son. Man, how the hell did I get big, so big back then? And I started to try to figure out that I think it was that vitamin D, homie, because we were out in the but sun, 115 like degrees, 120 degrees every single day working out. But thank you. It's high to toss real no, too. No, but you know? it, it's all, it was also the workout, homie. It was, yeah. just, it was just hitting them weights every day, yeah. eating good. And it was, come on, every, every day, homie. That's back then when they used to have weights. Nowadays, yeah. you, you'd be smoked out in there, folks. So yeah, you were bigger yeah, back when you in were the younger? Days. Yeah, probably. What size are your arms now? I don't know. I haven't measured them in a, in a I, minute. I don't man. know. You guys, you guys kind of like twins, homie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Danny DeVito. <laughs> Okay, how much shit did you get? Okay, if people are new to Gerardo, we did an interview with him, and we'll put it in the link in this video. So we did an actual full interview. So today's not going to be a quite exact interview. It's going to be talking about you, obviously, but we're not going to go through the whole exact, right. the, whole, the whole thing, right? Right. So... But I do want to talk also about how much shit did you get of? Because I have guys that are members of my channel that said I'm gonna take a shot every time Gerardo says, "If you will." He <laughs> <laughs> uh, did. He did a. He did a, a Vlad TV interview. A great interview, by the way. Not as not as good as our interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Right? Of course. If, no, of seriously. Course. If you go watch Vlad TV's interview uh -huh. and you go watch when him and I did it, no, it was so much more loose. It was more loose. It was more comfortable. But. Uh, yeah, you said if you will. Did you go back and see it, or did you, after you finished it, were you like, "Well, you, wait, man, there's a long. I got a, I'm a, I got a long story, but I'll try to make it short no, and entertaining." Take, take, take your time, fool. You got all well, your you know, time. After that life. interview, uh, my homeboys uh, were hitting me up like a messenger or, or texting me, "Hey, dog, we're gonna go for some drinks to, today, if you will." And everybody kept texting me, homes. 
You know, some girl, hey, yeah, what's yeah. up, man? What you yeah. doing this weekend? Yeah, right. If you, you will. will. I'm like, what? <laughs> then my kids upstairs, hey, dad, we're going to order a pizza. What kind of toppings do you want on the pizza? If you will. I'm uh, like, what like, the What the hell? hell? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> and then one of my homies, hey, check yeah. the Vlad TV comments. And every time you do oh, an interview, it's like oh. a college paper when yeah. you write an essay. Hey. You think it's yeah. the best uh, yeah. interview yeah. or the best presentation <laughs> ever until the professor, you know, tells you, now that's like a deal, whatever. But I started looking at it and I was like, damn. Damn, the first one was like 15, um, was like 15, uh, 15 times, then there was like 30. <laughs> then it went to like a billion, right? <laughs> it jumped to a billion real fast. So we try to play the if you will shot game in the first segment. Yeah, 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 if you yeah. go past the first segment, yeah, homie, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like 15, yeah. 16 shots right there. That's I give good. you props, dog. Yeah. I'll buy you a bottle of tequila if you could do that. That's a good one. But you know what? The way that the if you will thing came about when I was in court representing myself uh, facing 48 balas, I fired my attorneys. I started representing myself. And every time when I started representing myself and talking to the judge, every time I would say, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And he would actually stop and say, no, I do not know what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, good. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I do not know what I mean. So that's when I started kind of to figure out that I'm actually asking a question. When you're saying, you know what I'm saying, you're supposed to wait for a response. He kept saying no. And then I saw his prosecutor. He used this, these, these, uh, these words such as... Um, Things in that nature. After he he started uh, speaking the sentence, um, if you will, yeah. smoking gun. Um, and I'm like, man, this was saying the same thing that I'm saying, homie. He's just using if you will. Yeah. So I went back to my cell, and I remember reading this book. It's called the the uh, the power of your subconscious mind, mm -hmm. where an unlimited power over yourself, not nobody else. But there was this guy that was in Central Park in New York, and he started mimicking some guy across the field. He had bread. The other guy had bread across the field and he was feeding his, the birds. And when he crossed his leg, this guy crossed his leg and he asked the guy next to him, can I get some, some bread? And he started getting pieces of bread and feeding the birds too. Mm -hmm. And during this time, he did it for so long, mimicking this guy in front of him across the park that the guy came up to him and asked him, hey man, um, do I know you? You know, he kind yeah. of felt that that. So I started mimicking what the prosecutor was doing. I started mimicking what the judge was doing. Yeah. And when I started using, if you will, the judge was kind of looking at me in a whole uh, different Another thing, way, you different know? Way, yeah. So then eventually I I, uh, <laughs> I I won the case, right? The case never went to court. <laughs> but I never had my trial. Yeah. And then Vlad hit me up. You know, he Vlad hit me up. And I, it took me about three or four months to say... Um, Okay, you know. Yeah. So when I was looking through the Carmen section, it said Detective Vlad. It said, this guy's the FBI. I'm like, shit, man, should I even do this interview, homie? Going through the comment section, so yeah, it could yeah, really yeah, mess yeah. with you, dog. It's uh, like a roller coaster yeah, ride. You know, I try to uh, stay away yeah. from that. So when he was doing that, and I started seeing his math, I knew that at the beginning, he was going to be with me, with me. And in the end, he was going to try to change up. I'm trying to gain my confidence. So during the whole thing, I had my defense thing up. And it was somewhat like my day in trial where yeah. everything mm. consisted of, if you will. If you It brought you back there. It brought me back there. But I only heard myself saying it, saying it one time, homie. Isn't that crazy? But, you know, I know a lot of people talk shit about um, even people that do the interviews, whoever it is, right? YouTubers or whatever, any of that. But when you look at that video... I think he was really trying to humanize my homies. You know what I'm saying? But it, right. it, it takes a while to gain someone's trust. And I think I broke down my... Um, we had an off-camera laugh where I explained something a certain way. And I didn't do it the same way that the newspaper said. So he kind of laughed out camera. But he didn't say, oh, it, was, it wasn't a gotcha right. moment. Yeah, yeah. It was all like, you know, laughing out camera. And then we go on with the... 
with the interview. But you know what? You know, props to him. He gave me a, a, a cool interview. But the if you will thing, we've had fun with it for like a year <laughs> and a half. Even my homies get out. I think a, a whole lot of those people are my homies, dog. <laughs> they say, what's up with this if you will, guy? So that's the whole thing about if you will. But that, but that was also one of your first like interviews. And it was a big interview. So I can understand how you'd be a little nervous on that thing. Yeah, we know. It, it's a it's a thing where, you know, where... You know, being investigated by the FBI for over 20 years and having wow. my phone tapped 10 or 15 years. Damn. And then um, always twisting up your words. Like, for instance, every 30 days, the feds need an uh, incriminating call yeah. to uh, to continue the investigation. So okay. that wasn't selling no dope, and it was nothing incriminating. So when I was telling my homeboy, bring 10 pounds of carne asada, they said that meant dope. <laughs> oh, you know, when I was my homeboy right yeah. there saying, let's go, <laughs> let's go eat somewhere. Yeah, they were you just know, twisting um, everything up. They're saying that we wanted to go, you know, we, we were changing shops of what the what the drug dealing situation um was you know but when you're in that situation and you're always on 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 camera just understand that whatever you say could be used against you oh, yeah. along. <laughs> and that goes through that, right? facebook i think i've heard that before yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. where, and it's not it's not so that familiar. i'm hiding nothing yeah. if you will <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> oh i gotta stop saying if you know what i'm saying yeah, i, I can only say if you will <laughs> now because then my if you will followers are gonna think that i'm an imposter homie <laughs> you know so i gotta go with my if you will stuff i'd, I'd rather hear the if you will yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still haven't figured what the homies know what they're saying. Yeah, they're I don't think so. I, I'm like, no, I, I haven't you know what, I think. what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Homie. Yeah, when I talk to like, anyone, so I talk to some homies. A lot don't talk to that, but some do. Right. I'd be like, uh, hey, homie, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like, just, just to kind of try to, but from now on, I would tell them not, if you will. You need to start. You, you got to you gotta say that, change your if you wills, homie. Hey, the homie ain't, ain't you won't be your, don't, don't, don't. Yeah. It's not a promise either that you're going to beat your court case. There's a lot more that goes to it, dog. Let's get that straight. If you will. Hey, he's going to start a new Training all LA, all the homie, hey homie, you know what's going yeah. down right here if you will, homie. You if know, you why don't you bring me some? <laughs> hey, why don't you bring me some clavo, homie, if you will? <laughs> hey, <laughs> they're gonna indict you for if you oh, will. Oh man, dog. They're gonna say, "That's Eduardo." That's Eduardo, man. We know him. I was gonna bring some shirts that said "If you will," but we didn't have enough time to print them, dog. Uh, you know, but we're gonna have to yeah. bring make some shirts or something and say right. "If you will." So let, let's let's give it a little bit of your history. Like I said, you guys can still go watch the interview, not Vlad's interview, our interview. Uh, <laughs> you you. you you pretty much walked away in good standings from your neighborhood in the late 90s, correct? Mm -hmm. And then you went to Colorado, and eventually you started running um, Homies Unidos. You started it over there, right? Right. And that's when the feds really started pushing up on you. And the actual police officer that was doing that, wasn't that a guy from the Rampart Division? Right. And, and how did that all play out real quick? So we started, so the Rampart crash scandal in LA was cops that were framing people with criminal cases. And there was this cop that got caught stealing drugs from his own evidence room and selling it on the streets. And there was so many things of, you know, um, planting guns off people, um, hundreds of cases because of those fabric, fabrication on, in, in the stand got dismissed. But we sued them as an organization in Homies Sonidos and we ended up winning. But they kept harassing me and this Huda, he went to follow me to Colorado and he did, they didn't tell the the wiretap judge and under this yeah. stuff, you know, that he went to go follow me. And, you know, after a few years, there was no dope on me. They couldn't get a case on me. So he ended up framing me with this uh, drug conspiracy case. There was this alleged Central American group that was allegedly slanging. And because they were Central American, they uh, he converted them into MS-13 members. And he started planting evidence in the trash in my house, like phone numbers to kind of uh, mirror or 
be the same numbers as these guys. Implicate you. Know? Yeah. Implicate, you. Implicate me, and he will lie in the grand jury. So, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't die a ham sandwich. That's an old saying. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> all you have to do is, is bring my criminal past as a juvenile and, you know, put this MS-13 phenomena stuff yeah. in the news, and uh, the grand jury will indict you. So all the stuff in court really consisted of MS-13 was somewhat on trial, yeah. and it was all this uh, phenomena of things that were happening across the country and across the nation. You know, they were trying to say that I was a shot caller. Like, well, where's the evidence and what is the proof that you have? You could talk about murders from every place, but I'm not connected to none of that stuff. Right. And yeah. at the end of the day, you know, nothing was um, nothing was that. And they, they dropped the case. And but, you, but you were fighting that thing for a couple of years, right? I fought it for two years, man. How, you many, know? how many years were you facing? 48 years. And this is a case that you ended up representing yourself in? Yeah, I represented myself what in you do a that? Like, court. just to sit there and tell your lawyer, like, get on. <laughs> well, you know, in the beginning, the attorney told me, you know, without looking at the case... Mm-hmm. Um, I could get you 10 years if you roll and give them information or, you know, take a plea deal and I could yeah. probably get you 15. Yeah. Like, I ain't got no information to give and yeah. I'm not taking no plea deal. So, you know, in federal court, there's a 99.9% conviction rate. Right. And it doesn't really consist of the feds um, getting conviction after conviction because people are losing trial. It's just that the sentencing guidelines are too high. You either take the 10 years or you end up going really? to trial and you lose and yeah. you get something. So 97% of cases don't go to yeah, they take don't the go to trial years. so my attorney he wanted to have this good relationship with the prosecution for future bargaining deals and he knew that the prosecution really wanted this case so it really consisted of me trying to take the deal and i said Charlie, you know yeah. and i got another attorney and you know he filed some good motions and at the end we were offered 48 i was offered 48 months now you see you get the 48 months or you risk going to trial Oh. And uh, you get the 48 years. This judge is going to get you. That's rough. And I, I had already months. filed yeah, motion. I went to the 48 yeah, months. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, I'd be like, guilty? <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're yeah. not guilty, it's, it's sad. Hey, yeah. inside, homie, yeah. you want you to take that deal, yeah. you know? But I really believe that um, in a broken criminal justice system, I could have I found some... Uh, that I was able to find some justice, which is really almost unbelievable to yeah. believe. But in my mind, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna get be set free. Did anybody when you went when you went back to the cell? Did anybody tell you what you didn't take the forty eight months? Well, you know what? In in there, you know, when you talk to somebody about your case, you know, you really don't want to do that. You know, um, it was kind of myself just pacing up and down the my cell when the attorney told me. You got until twelve o'clock today to to take that deal. Uh, so I'm looking at the, uh, the time, my yeah. sales right there, dog, and I'm looking at the at the clock, and it's like eleven fifty five, eleven fifty six, eleven fifty seven. I'm like, damn, dog, you gotta knock on the door, homie, and you're yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like, damn, homie. Uh, and to me, I used to always like Rocky Rocky movies, you know, when right. this one gets knocked down like fourteen or fifteen times, <laughs> and I'm like, but I know I got these fools because yeah. they didn't yeah. want to get on the stand. My attorney would would tell me. Hey, the feds and this investigator, they're freaking scared shitless. Mm-hmm. They already got caught lying. If they we put them on the stand, they're gonna get caught for perjury and even get uh, fired or lose their jobs. You yeah. Know? Just take the the deal. I was like, Shit, I don't care if they get fired or lose their jobs. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't take the deal. And then the attorney comes back the the next day yeah. and he tells me, All right, Gerardo. They extended your offer to oh, another day. Oh, oh, oh. That, they yeah, yeah, that's they when I knew, dog. You had them. That's when I knew that 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 I had them. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And they blinked, and throughout the whole case, homie, they didn't blink at all. I will go to court because all these all, all these uh, things are convictions, like just sealed. They're gonna win. Yeah. So in the beginning, when they will take us out, they'll be laughing. They'll be you know just shooting the shit with each other. And I started representing myself. I started bringing out the if you wills. <laughs> <laughs> 
I started studying my case because I had two years to really mimic these people, go into their world, into their domain, and fight their way. And when they saw that that I was really making sense in my emotions, now when I would walk into the courtroom, homie, they will all just stare at me, all eyes on me, dog. And that's when I had them. And I'll just sit down and I'll just be looking. They'll be looking at papers. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll be looking at my papers too. They're writing stuff. I'm writing, I'm writing stuff <laughs> too, right. but legitimately I was doing it, yeah. but I was doing it, you know, seeming pro professional, you know, yeah. but it's not for nobody so what to were you writing on those papers. Just like, eh, they're full of shit. <laughs> Fuck this judge. Is that what you're writing? Just if, you will, if, you will, if, if you will, if you will, if you will, if you will a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it was, <laughs> it was. <laughs> hey, you're giving it secrets up. You yeah, right? give it up yeah. on my secrets. Uh, no, yeah. you know. I want to see your notes, man. <laughs> no, you know, it was a gang of notes, man. Just yeah. studying a lot of a lot of stuff consisted of wiretaps, you know, just uh where the wiretaps were at because they were interpreting stuff in English that didn't make sense uh the way that that, that was said in Spanish. Yeah, you okay. know, and my attorney, he was telling, I was like, who hey homie, you don't speak English. Who's interpreting all these calls? Mm-hmm. Well, I got this high school intern doing it like, <laughs> oh man, I'm done. These was are gonna fry me, dog. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I started interpreting my my calls and say, you know what, they're lying here and they're lying there. They had like two minute minimization. The feds have two minute minimizations to listen to your calls. Right. Before they cut at, off. Right. Before well, they yeah. cut if off. You I say mean, something illegal, they yeah. stay on. There was like um there was like calls that went over forty five minutes oh, an hour oh, when my mom was talking to my kids or um things in that nature. I'm talking to my dad. We're not talking about anything incriminating. Yeah. But man, to beat the feds, you gotta have a, what they call smoking guns, a lot of hard evidence. That just that there is not gonna beat the case, you know. And then I had the ace of cards that you got the ace of spades that this crash cop came to follow me to LA and the, he they didn't tell the the wiretap judge or nothing. Um, that he had already had nothing like that. Yeah. So you know, I had my attorneys, but I still went pro se. For those that don't know what pro se means, is I was still um, representing myself in. Um, in court and he didn't want to put the the um you know after the 48 months i went to court and he didn't want to put the detectives and the fbi agent on the stand and the judge almost denied every motion except the motion to dismiss and that's kind of that's kind of weird when you don't just um do the motion to um to dismiss but i started writing another motion i want i want an appeal for all the motions that got denied it was the motion to dismiss the motion to dismiss the wiretaps and i started bringing up that um he didn't bring put the, you know, the detectives on the stand. He was supposed to do that. Yeah. And like two weeks later, um, a jailer opened up my door and said, "Hey, man, your Sussy. stuff is on the news. Damn. It was gone." And you know, man, it's a trip. You know, sometimes I don't say this, but I was reading this this book, "The Power of Your Subconscious Mind," man, where where you start making stuff a reality and really believing in something. Sometimes I used to pack my you know, my, my personal belonging, like law stuff and everything every night, like the last two or three months, and just believe that I was leaving the, the next day, you know? That's right. I used to write letters to the judge saying, I told you the case was going to get dismissed. <laughs> um, and I never, and I never nailed them, you know? Yeah. But I made myself believe that. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes our, our minds are racing like at 100 miles per hour. You know, we're thinking of all kinds of bullshit, you know? Um, mainly what other people are thinking about us, okay. you know? <laughs> but I hate to cut you off. 
I believe I'm going to be as buff as Gerardo. I believe I'm going to be as big as Gerardo. You're already there. He's already there. He's good. Yeah. He just doesn't have the sleeves rolled up. I, I believe. I believe. You need a tighter shirt too, dog. I believe I'll be as sexy as fucking clever, homeboy. If you will. If you will. You, you, you got to say the if you will three times. Or 3,000 times. Hey, for Halloween, you go into the bathroom to the lights. I would say, if you will. If you will. <laughs> and I appear, dog. I appear doing some burpees. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Don't tell my wife. Every, every woman out there is going to be in the bathroom. If you will. Back to your oh, kids, man. brother. I'm sorry. I, I just I don't, I don't want to. Now, now, now the homies in there are going to be saying, if you will, if you want <laughs> to sell to get out. You know, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. And, and that's what I don't want to, you know. But that, it was just like a... a I don't know it was a big mind trip. Now that that set me free, obviously not, but in there you use whatever little thing that you believe in to keep you alive, to keep you yeah. going instead of just yeah. breaking. You know, whatever little thing, even if you freaking uh, worship, I don't know, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever's running around yourself. Faith, yeah. you, you know, what? Yeah. <laughs> whatever, but it was the that faith that I tricked my subconscious mind into believing that something crazy was about to happen. And when I start to think about it, I really remember my jefita, when I will come home from a night of gang banging and I will go in there, she'll be like, like somewhat, you know, screaming, praying, you know, with yeah. tears coming down her thing. Like you, the you emotion. Know what's funny about that is when I used to come home late at night like that, my mom would be on her knees praying and I would tell her to be yeah. a dick. I would be like, mom, you can stop praying. I'm home now. Mm. Dude, and I didn't realize yeah. what I was yeah. doing back then. But because of her prayers, yeah. I fucking made it. That's true, you know. Man. So like, but I was just being an asshole. Yeah, you know, I didn't even realize I was yeah. doing that. You know. And I, I tell, I talked to some señoras about the subconscious mind. He something me he said, "Ay, calmate, no es señora <laughs> yeah, eso, yeah. cabrón. Yeah. Tu mamá estaba estaba ah, rezando por right. ti, that's you know." Right. So right. it goes to every different things, but yeah, yeah that's that's uh that's some real stuff. The power of prayer and yeah. and, and making it a, a reality. Yes, sir. Well, but there has to be a whole lot of corruption in your case to it for you to beat it. Do <laughs> you think the feds still have a hard on for you? You know, what I've learned throughout the years, um, you know, the, the feds have mafia tendencies sometimes. They do, oh, yeah. They, they do. don't forget. They, uh, do. they, they, don't, they don't forget. And in the beginning, you know, when I got out, um, I called my attorney. And the first thing he told me, he was like, you son of a bitch. You wrote all those motions against me. He was mad that I got out. Yeah, yeah. And he told oh, me, wow. yeah, he was mad. He was like, I can't believe you beat them. You left them with two black guys. This doesn't mm -hmm. happen. Yeah. You are wiretapped. Watch what everything you say yeah. on the phone. They yes, are sir. coming after you. Keep yes, your sir. head down. So I started really being paranoid, you know, like everybody around me. I went to go live at my homeboy Lati's house. And when I was living, you know, like in the room or whatever, so I would see um, if there's cameras in there. Yeah. You know, I, I was somewhat tripping. But after a while, um, I said, you know what, man? I'm going to live my life. If these fools are going to come after me, because I'm not going to be all scamado or all panicado. I'm going I'm to live my That's life. Right. If you got something on me, we'll, we'll bring it. Yeah. And we fight it out in court. But for me to be paniqueado or constantly looking over my back, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna happen, you know. And that's just how it is. But there's also a, a stuff where you have to build up your, your your credibility in the community. So I started doing the violence prevention program over there too, and I started building my credibility in the beginning. It was because I wanted to do it, but. It was because I wanted to do it, but it was also because 
Well, if I get locked up right now, you guys are saying I'm a straight animal, I'm a monster. Oh, yeah. You know? And then I, uh, after doing that, the mayor appointed me to be a commissioner for the city of Denver, which kind of just means that you're working with uh, the city to help build the relationship between the private sector, nonprofit, and businesses in order for them to get their feria faster from the city. And then I got appointed to, um, there was this DA that, that hit me up, hey, do you want to, like, well, I didn't got no information. They're like, no, this is about police brutality. You want to sit on this panel? Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, let's do yeah. it. I'll, I'll talk about some police brutality. I'll talk about my case. Yeah. And there was some attorneys right there. I told the attorney, what's up with that fool? That DA hitting me up. No, we'll just go. The attorneys will be there. And I'm like, okay, let's go talk, you know? So I started explaining my case and how police corruption was. And I get invited all the time to law school. So now I got friends with a lot of, um, with a lot of attorneys. And then the mayor appointed me to this... Uh, to this council committee where they needed a Denver sheriff and a Denver police officer. So they had me um, interviewing them, you know? Oh, so okay. it's somewhat a trip how the tables turned where there was 22 law enforcement agencies mm -hmm. investigating me. But now you got to interview with me, homie, <laughs> to get there if you want to, you want this holly talk. Now, talk talk about know? police corruption. How, how bad was because you guys were directly affected by the Rampart. Scandal. They call it scandal, but it was just the, the Rampart corruption that was going on with those cops. Mm -hmm. And I remember we had a conversation, you and I, and I was surprised. You told me that uh, those cops really didn't get fired. Yeah, you know, there was, I believe it was five cops. So they all got convicted for, um, it was some, some other minor stuff. But there was five cops that they get convicted, but the judge overturned their cases because the judge and felt that the jury was in so much stress. So five, they all got off. And check this out: one of them, one of them ended up suing the city, uh -huh. and he ended up getting five million dollars. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, I always thought that every single one of those cops got convicted, ended up no, going to jail, that, losing their jobs. I heard one came out here, and it was a big wig in North Hollywood Police Department. They just, they just kind of split all those guys up. Nah, well, you know, a lot of them are still there. You know, a lot of them, well, it, believe, so out of the Rampart Police uh, scandal and other units from the LAPD where there has been decades and generations of misconduct and corruption, you really only have five of those cops in, on trial. Yeah, that's great. You know, what happened to the other ones? Some other ones, they get fired. But what happened to the other ones? If anything, a lot of them leveled up. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where the cold blue, the silence of the cold blue was kind of learned right there doing that Rampart crash yeah. scandal with other agencies to, hey, man, if you say nothing, yeah. it won't be nothing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. They'll, they'll put it under the rug. Right. And those guys were, I mean, they were shooting people without guns. I think they, the guy from 18th Street was the one that got, got paralyzed. They, yeah, he got paralyzed. They, they, they planted cocaine on that guy. They, they were pretty much planting guns, doing all kinds of, I mean, and I talked, they were, that was pretty much almost like what the movie Training Day was based on was their was their life right right that the, the yeah then i think denzel was supposed to be um my bad i thought denzel was supposed to be rafael perez right yeah there you yeah. go yeah yeah so that was uh that was kind of his life story you know yeah. so and that's just one of many yeah, right you, yeah, you of course like me you know um you know my my story right it's just one of yes, many you know all you guys everybody here has a story so yeah. so which one colors or training day Damn, dog. Colors. Huh? Yeah, I'm colors. colors. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew you were my twin. I knew you were my twin. See, that's yeah, you what learned like the Stilo right there, dog. <laughs> you learned the Stilo right there, man. I think I think colors represented the LA gang life much closer 
to what it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Training Day was, but but Training Day, I think Denzel made Training Day. Denzel was the king. Yeah, he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah, yeah. Denzel made that. But colors, especially like the, I can't speak for the Crips of the Bloods because you know I I don't know their get down. But as far as the essays go, the gang they had that was. Multi mix. You had a white boy. You had Looney Tunes. You had the homies. Twenty yeah. first Street. Yeah, you yeah. That, that, you, you had the parties yeah. with them doing yeah. it, all. it. That that really reminded me. But I will say this: Colors made gang uh, numbers go through the roof, man. After that yeah. movie was out, everybody and their mama wanted to be from the hood. Everybody, <laughs> man. Everybody. Uh, yeah. How about you? You. A colors, man. There you go. All day yeah, long. I remember when I went to ditching parties, man, yeah, and that, that people were watching there. colors. <laughs> That's that was you're, you're watching colors and you're drinking <laughs> Mickey's and Coke 45s. Oh man! And, it, and it's console TV. Yeah, <laughs> and it's playing with a 10 inch screen. Yeah, <laughs> with a TV on top of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, and the antennas, <laughs> all like the, the, the hanger and shit yeah, with the foil yeah. paper so, on top. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, okay, so, so here on the American Cholo, we say it's colors. Well, yeah. all right. It's colors all day long. So, I wanted to ask you this. You you wrote up I think you you wrote a book right no oh, I saw a passage in something that you said that it leaving the gang life was the easy part I don't mm. know if you said that or not but how as far as a well, it was it was a, a small documentary that oh, they okay. did about me yeah so I want to know what you meant by that that you well, said how, leaving how the gang you, how old are you when you got in I was probably about fourteen years old fourteen yeah and here in L A or yeah in L A right there on Normandy so I was born and raised in uh, Normandy and Eighth Street in in Koreatown yeah. Okay. I was there. I was born right there in '78, so I was right there in '78 before uh, before MS came over. Yeah. There were like other gangs right there in the neighborhood first, but yeah, I saw the whole creation of um, when the homies that were stoners, you know, when right. they started yeah, off, yeah, yeah, right, right there, all the way to when they started transferring into uh, instead of the long hair, then it was the the bald head and mm. you know the crease. So you were the, there all when, when yeah when throughout MS and yeah throughout actually got along. Yeah, right. You were there yeah, I was right there. All that. Yeah, I was right there through all that stuff. Oh, so wow. you know, you know when when um. And obviously, you know, I'm Mexican and, and, and Argentinian, but I was born in, in Koreatown. And some people say, no, nah, uh, I hear people, you know. Yeah. yeah here yeah, it comes, right? Here yeah, it comes, right? Yeah. This vato, he's Mexican. Que, yeah, he's, he's a, Gracia, the he's a Salvadorian. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I got into my barrio, I didn't look at it as a Salvadorian thing or a Mexican. I looked at it as a gangbang thing. Yeah, of course. You know, I never did a... You know, whenever we went to do whatever it is, gangbanging-wise, we never asked somebody first, hey, what country yeah, what are you country? from? <laughs> <laughs> if he was Salvadorian or yeah, not, yeah, he was yeah, going to get it, homie. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and when you're exactly. busted, you're not asking the homie, hey, uh, so yeah. where were you born? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where are you from? Yeah, homie. where you from, you know? And in juvenile hall, sometimes you get, oh, you're not, you're not Salvadorian, Charlie. You know, but you're this my, my barrio. I mean, you're, you're this yeah. in my, my hood. So, so that's yeah. that's pretty much what, what it is. And there's... I mean, who who is the predominant Mexican gang that people are supposed to get into? And, and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out, fool. Yeah, right. It, it, you know what it is? It, that's, the, that's that key warrior at home living yeah. in his mama's house. Homie. So <laughs> it's pretty much where you were. I mean, it, you if you know, if you know, you know, it's where you were. You were about it, and you know what? The homies is never like a. Nobody ever disrespected like Mexico or nobody no, ever. It, it was all it, it was all respect. About. Nobody even really yeah, asks yeah. you. There, there's, like, there's a bunch of homies that are like 47 years old. Like you're from Honduras, for yeah. yeah. you're from Chile. I got homies from Nicaragua. Really, as a as a youngster, you're not talking about that. You, yeah, you, you're talking about the hood. Or you're, you're talking about something else. Brother. Yeah, and it was feeding me in the sense where you know I wear like you know. When I was in the hood, my Mexican shirts, or you know, outside my apartment, you know, the Mexican flag and everything. I mean, nobody yeah. was, tri- nobody was there. There was never no trip. I live in the awesome. I, w- you know, I'm so lucky, homie, to be able to grow up in a neighborhood 
But there was so much diversity before, before different ethnicities, different yeah. foods, you know, different races, you know. So I look at myself um, blessed to be able to uh, to have an experience all, yeah. all those different all those different cultures, man. And the thing is that when you say you're looking for that that super Mexican gang that everybody's talking about, right? Right. One <laughs> of the one of the most one of the most dangerous parts of Los Angeles, what's the area you're from, was uh, MacArthur Park where you had MS13, you had 18th Street, you had Rockwood, you had uh, Crazy Riders, and I'm sure you had a bunch of other smaller gangs in right. there. And that's a big Central American area. It is. So it's all those huge... gangs that were that people talk about, Pico Union and all that area, that's a big Central there American was, area. There was a lot of Salvadoreños in all those. The people that we were gangbanging against, they were they were Salvadoreños yes. there. They yeah. were just enemies, you know, from different from they different were, hoods. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's just... Uh, yeah, that's just how it the was. The nature of the beast. Yeah, exactly. And, and and that that'll bring into this. I mean, I, I had a I'm gonna shout out a shout out to a Latin slant. I went on there yesterday, last night, and I brought that up. I, and I brought up the thing: is it me or does it seem like? And I don't. I'm not saying everybody. I don't want the Chicano world because I consider myself Chicano. That's how I grew up. Right? I think you should. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, who's gonna tell you no? <laughs> yeah, buddy. yeah. Right. No, but there's people who say, "Oh no," but yeah. doesn't it seem like? It's the Chicano, Mexican, American ones that always pull that kind of racist card because I've never heard a Hondureño like myself say, ah, ese güey son de Honduras. Yeah. He's Mexican. Like, no, you never hear that. You never hear right. somebody from Argentina say, oh, boludo, ese no. no right. No, 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 Argentina. You know, he's not, he's not right. Mexican. Yeah. But right. it always seems like you always have that. And maybe it's just the, the loser in the comment section because in reality, mm. I've never in my life had anybody come at me and tell me no shit like that. Yeah. Especially I, when yeah. I was busted or odd gangbanging. No. Ain't none of my homies. Nah, you're going to get socked up. Right. But, but but doesn't it seem, and you, you're the, you're the Mexican-American. Yeah. Uh, uh, is is there like a, is it is it like stuck up what is it yeah i'm gonna say it is you know when you see another guy from being from a chicano you're from a neighborhood and it's like hey mexican you know like what are you doing here you know like yeah i think it's, it's like that on the, on the streets on the streets not 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 in uh, but i don't even think it's on the streets anymore you know? i think it's just on the internet fool maybe now it's moved to the internet yeah <laughs> yeah but no but but like when we were growing up in the 90s yeah yeah, because well, I mean, I grew up out here. I I never really had any anybody racist Chicano. No, I, I the the okay. When I first came to this country, I came here six, almost seven years old. Right. Yeah. The only thing I got pushback from other people that were here already, whether Chicano, whether they were, was people that was born here, and they would look at me like a paisa. Yeah. Because I didn't really know how to speak English. Mm -hmm. I was in ESL classes, so it was more like like you're less than me. Right. And I think that was around the whole thing. But in the gang world, and maybe the ones that are saying it never really been from gangs, don't really know that life. Mm. Because in the hood world, like you're saying, ain't nobody. You're going banging. Nobody's where were you born? No, that. it's where you're from. <laughs> homie. What, you know what I mean? What, what gang are you claiming? Yeah. When you're in jail, same thing. Yeah. The, the homies in the county ain't saying, Salvadoreños hey. over there, Salvadoreños <laughs> over there, Mexicanos over here. Nah, homie, you from this side. Yeah, you from one side, yeah. right? Yeah, you go to one side. Yeah. So I, I, guess, I guess maybe it's just the trolls in the, in the comment section. Well, you know, now, be a troll. now with social media, now you get to hear so many other people's opinions. You right. know, yeah. we didn't have social media. You, didn't, you only heard the opinion of, of your, your certain group. Well, you know, I treat that shit like the... Like the party line from back in the days, dog. You call the party line. Everybody, everybody's screaming over each other. Everybody's talking like, shit. Yeah. I don't go late at night and have sleepless nights over that fool that was talking shit <laughs> in the party line. <laughs> I don't wake up the next yeah, day yeah, yeah. and have sleepless nights. Oh man, these fools don't like me, dog. Drop the location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop the location, you know. 
We used to always go that. We used to meet, meet the highness at the gas station, oh, you yeah. know, and then sometimes, you know, I mean, we might have gave each other our, you know, our our, fro, our, our fake profile images, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And they didn't look like that. What's the you, dog? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go. But, uh, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, they all live with the grandma for some reason. Hey, hey, hey. so what, why do you think, what, why do you think MS blew up the way they did? Was 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 there? I mean, if, I don't know if you can talk about. This, was there something that there was a meeting and you guys said, "All right, we're gonna branch off," or was it something that it just it just took off? Yeah, I think that it was. Um, you know, there, there there was different cliques, and when you when you have a whole country, like let's say if you were born in LA, you have a variety of gangs to get yeah. into. You know, when you come from one country, you know, predominantly you come to the neighborhood. Um, and if you land in that neighborhood, you're Salvadoreño, you're going to get um, probably jumped into that neighborhood. So you and, you know, you have different clicas. And then there was a time, homie, after we had our, our inner war with each other, where the battle started to kind of die out. But then you started seeing seeing the stuff in National Geographic, where um, the biggest and most dangerous gang. So right. the media really ran with that stuff. Then it then the LAPD, the war on gangs stuff, you know, and they picked, I mean, you, you always need a villain for the war on gangs. So whatever happened, really, whatever laws were being pushed against MS-13, that was just somewhat the head of the beast. Every other gang was going to fall under oh, that fall stuff under, when yeah, it's gang yeah. injunctions and everything. They just needed that image with the tattoos on the face. And it's funny because I remember seeing the tattoos on the face and some of these fools were locked up in Salvador. They never even been to the yeah, United yeah. States, but it made it seem the like, fear factor that they were living right across the street. the street from you. And then when deportations um, happened, you know, it's a third world country after the civil war, it was a U.S. Uh, funded civil war. And when the homeboys came over here, you know, they were more into the stoner stuff. Mm. And then they started to, um, you know, change identities into the gang banging stuff. And in Salvador, they also saw the movie Colors, right? <laughs> Colores. They also Colores. saw the movie Colors. Colores. Colores. So they saw this image where the homies were gangbangered out, bald head, and they looked just like the guys in the movie. So yeah. a third world country where there's no opportunity. Um, to really become whatever it is that you want to do, you know, um, they flocked to all these. So now these guys were the rock stars coming off that plane. Everybody wanted to be like that, and the girls yes. really flocked to it. So, so they started the barrio over there. But in reality, these guys were from the U.S. because they left El Salvador at a very young age, like yeah, at yeah. five, six, seven yeah. years old. You know, so their families and their whole cultura mm -hmm. was in um, was in Los Angeles. So it spread from uh, it spread from there and. You know, you put media in the mix and you're promoting stuff. Um, you know, any gang, if you would have done that to any barrio and put it up in a pedestal like that, right. I mean, it would have the potential to yeah. be yeah. also um, as big like that. You know, yeah. people want to be part of something that's um, that's looked at as infamous. I, but I, 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 I do agree 100% with you, what you're saying on that. But I also think it's two factors because two of the biggest... Hispanic Raza gangs, which is MS-13 and 18th Street. Right. They're both pretty... It's 18th Street, even though it's not, it, it's not let's say, Mara Sabatrucha, but now it is like in, in Central America, Mara mm -hmm. de Xocha, right? Right. I think that how we're talking about people uh, saying, oh, you're from, you, you, you can't, you're, you're from this, you're, you're Mexican or whatnot. This is what I'm getting at. I think it's that they 
would not discriminate on who they're putting in. They would see a different a different neighborhood and say, yeah, bring them on. Where my neighborhood's guilty of this. You're trying to jump a click in. Oh, no, fuck those guys. They can't be from the hood. Like, like taggers? Like taggers. Okay. Where I would see MS would be like, no, nah, hell no. We're bringing these bring guys to in. the fold. We're, we're, we will embrace you. Right. And, and I think that at, I believe that's also a lot because I know guys that were white that were from MS. I know guys that were black from MS. Back yeah. Then. All Asian. Kind. We had a, we had a, Cochinita, yeah, a yeah. couple of Asian. I, 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 think that, I think what I'm getting to is the discrimination was not in MS where right. there's a lot of other gangs, including yeah. my own hood. We were stuck up sometimes. This was can't be from the hood. Or they want to jump they want to jump in the hood, but they want to bring their name from the tagging crew. And we're like, no, you cannot. Mm-hmm. Where MS was like, all right, you want to be from this? You want to join this click? No problem. What do you think? Yeah, to yeah, also to a to a certain extent, you know, sometimes um when they when somebody feels oppressed and you oppress them, sometimes they also become the oppressor. Fight you back. know, but some of those gates did open up um to have different um I remember having Two or three black homeboys, and they were very famous in the neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they were like yeah. super, and they they even spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because the dialect was Salvadoreño. They picked it. That was yeah. that was the way that they spoke um, Salvadoreño. They were like some really loved homies from the neighborhood. And then there was another homie that was Asian. He spoke Spanish um, too. But yeah, you know, now I mean, if you look at it, MS is like in the Philippines. Yeah, every, MS everywhere. is like everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. people just, uh, yeah, but those gates definitely open, you know, to but, but to other people. You, I think, you, why is it though? But it seems like MS, not all the times people be like, no, all gangs are the same. And all gangs at the end are all pretty much the same, right? Mm-hmm. But it seems like MS takes it a lot of times to a different level in brutality and i'm not talking about gunplay i'm talking about like they do yeah they do they they really do and they seem like it's always like a group of a bunch of guys that are with their program and you guys be chopping people not you yourself but Mm -hmm. you you know the hood be chopping people up now do you think that has something to do with the culture of el salvador coming over here with that you know there's there's violence in in every gang, you know, people stabbing each other. Well, stabbing, people. but chopping fools up and throw them in the, throw them in the, throw <laughs> no, them, yeah, throw them in Angeles Forest. Yeah. It's a different thing, homie. Right, you know, so so there's different things, and I think the kids that allegedly did that, you know, they were allegedly from MS. I think a lot of it consists of the trauma from the Civil War, where they mm-hmm. lived in a third, a third world country. I mean, imagine yeah. going to to school at the age of five or six and. There's just dead people with their Sidewalks. decapitated, you know, yeah. limbs uh, cut off. And over there, you know, the way they fought, you know, the machete came from the cam- uh, the campesinos, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. from over there where they had the machete. So every time when uh, when, when when they were just uh, used it as a guardian tool to take away the branches. They learned how to use it. You know? still, yeah, exactly. They that over there. So when these guys went to the bus, you know, they they had they always had the machete. So it was somewhat of a, right. of a fear factor, you know, so... When gangbanging started over here in Los Angeles, obviously MS wasn't in, in, in the drug trafficking trade or they weren't getting no feria. So the easiest access for them to have was, uh, was a machete. But in order for somebody, you just have to really psychologically study someone's mentality of the shit that is it right. Absolutely not. But the shit that they've gone through in life to be able to do something like that. And when you create an environment like that where there's chaos um how do you think the people that are growing up in that environment or being breeded from that environment are going to be themselves mm-hmm. you know so that kind of you know um not trying to give a an excuse 
you and know, for, an for anything, but yeah. I'm giving an insight of what my job consists of, of the work that I do is humanizing people from, not just from MS, but from different bodies, you know, people have gone through, through some shit, you know, and I think that a lot of these people went through some stuff. I mean, you got people now in different parts of El Salvador with some members from both gangs, MS and 18th Street. I mean, these guys are living in caves away from society yeah. without any mental health, without any, um, you know, social skills, with all the stuff of it's, it's, it's killed or, or it's kill or be killed, sure. you know, like how are you supposed to, um, to grow mentally or to get some, some type of help. You know, there's no, even the vatos that came from El Salvador from the Civil War, you know, that they start with the machetes. You have yeah. to understand that these were the fruits of the war from El Salvador. They saw all these heinous behaviors and they were bullied and picked on in school. So when they fought back, they saw foods with switchblades or whatever, baseball bats, you know, fighting in parks, and they say, shit, hold on. I remember that campesino on the bus with the machete. We're going to put some stuff out. You know, so this is the way that they fought and they let out their their aggression. You know, all that stuff that you have changed in and all the shit that you've been through and not having a family and going to go live with an uncle or an aunt and you're mad. And these guys, they went to like the Red Cross. There was no step-down program saying, you know what, these people need some type of mental help, you know. So, yeah, it's sad that, you know, people um, suffer from that type of stuff, you know. Uh, uh, it's it's, on the, it's still on the MS thing, but a little bit funnier, I guess, how we switch real quick. What's up with some of the names you guys got, homie? El Mataratas, <laughs> El Mataviejas, El Esponja. <laughs> My brother was just telling me we were in Venice Beach. Yeah. We were in Venice Beach, and he was like, man, I andaban in, 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 in La Pinta con alguien, y al homie le decían El Baúl. I was like, serio? El Baúl? Why they call him El Baúl? No, porque allá en Salvador, you know, um, there was no room in the car, so they just threw him in the trunk, so they called him El Baúl. <laughs> you know? El Coca-Cola, yeah. You fools are infamous yeah. for having some crazy names. Yeah. All the regular names were taken yeah. up. Yeah. Hey, man, it's, it's, up I guess ones. it was it was unique or hey, something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they got so deep that, so they, big that they, they, was, they ran out of names, dog. Yeah, <laughs> There's too many heads. There's too many heads, too many little this. El piña, el cocodrilo, you name Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Well, you know what? There's, uh, I'm not angry, no, but no, no, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. But I guess you know when you come from a different culture or something, you know, um, you you're gonna come out with some different names. That's something that you saw over there. Something like what the what? Yeah, yeah. You sure? Yeah. Like all right, let's jump them in. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the days, I don't do that no more. Right? I'm talking about when I was a teenager, if you will. When I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, if right, you will. Right. El mamado. <laughs> hey, hey, I was blessed. Mamado, hey, I was blessed to choose my own name, yeah, Clever. Yeah. And then after a while, they're like, dog, why they call you Clever, yeah, man? Yeah. You always getting caught, fool. Uh, I was like, shit, because uh, I didn't want to be called something <laughs> weird. <laughs> I didn't want you to give me my name. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> so so how, how, how is it now that... I mean, I see you still got love for the homies. Yeah. How how is it balancing that of being the person you are, running homies who need those, keeping kids out of gangs or yeah. keeping out of strain, but also having ties with your homies? We well, you know what in, in my neighborhood, you know, it, 
sometimes it goes deeper in a gang because I was born and raised right there. Mm-hmm. Like right there, I was there in Normandy and Eighth Street this morning. You know, yeah. we were eating. I mean, I love yeah. all the places, visiting yeah. the people yeah. that saw me grow up even before when I was the gang. So when I say I got love for my barrio or my neighborhood, it doesn't really necessarily mean uh, uh, gang wise. But I would never forget you know always had love for my body i would yeah. never forget That's where right. i came from yes, sir. and there was this guy he was his name was um tom hayden he was a civil rights activist part of the chicago seminars a documentary netflix that people want to check it out he was a white irish man a senator that came to the street corner normandy and eighth street us full of tattoos and he got us to organize against the rampart crash scandal he taught us how to organize because he saw on the news all the shit that was happening to the homies. So if a white man goes into this neighborhood that has no ties to MS-13 and wants to back us up, you know, and back then and and say, you know what, I, I believe that you're human beings that was never in MS. I mean, what hypocrisy would it be for me for me to leave my neighborhood and say, fuck everybody, yeah, right. you know, exactly. and start talking shit about them? Right. You know, every interview that I do, I never glorify my barrio, you know, yeah. I never need clout. Yeah. You know, I'm my own person. You know, um, my job is to humanize people. You know, sometimes I don't even take interviews. All the time I don't take interviews. People want to hear what's the drug thing, uh, what's the drug trade, because I don't know none of that stuff. Yeah. And that's not my lane. You know what I'm saying? If allegedly it's it's happening. I'm not here to um, say, Simon, que aquí que ya, that I did this jale, or I did that jale. I think that the loudest one in the room is sometimes the weakest one mm-hmm. in the room. And sometimes speak out of the people talk out of the sides of the neck and they get in trouble for that. And that's not me. Yeah. You know? So I humanize homies in diff in, in, in different things, you know, where you know, I, I like to do it on a nationwide level where the attorneys from across the country hit me up and they tell me, Hey, I have this uh, alleged MS thirteen member in my case. Can you come on and be a a a, a co counsel? And um, excuse me, like like a consultant, excuse me, for the case. You know, Alex Simon, I'll I'll do it in in, in yeah. that level. There was this stuff where I was hit up one time. There was this convention of all the a gang of federal defense attorneys from across the country that were representing some MS-13 alleged MS-13 members for capital murder. Mm-hmm. So they were already found guilty. Now it consists: do they get the death penalty or not? I'm against the death penalty. Yeah. So I went in there and schooled them or did a presentation on how to humanize the gang member, how to build a relationship with this vato um, for him not to get killed. You already gave him life, right? Yeah. How, how, how could you represent him? So that, that's, that's my job. That's my hale. And when it consists of things like in the boards that I sit on against police corruption, I talk about the corruption and the misconduct that happens in the barrios, not just against MS homies, but people from other barrios too, yeah, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not a spokesperson or I don't speak for MS, you know, mm-hmm. I speak for the stuff that I do as a whole. But when I do that, um, you don't have to be blind to uh, to see what I'm actually doing and try to help out my homies being um, in those different levels. I help out homies in different levels. If somebody hits me up and says, Hey, Gerardo, you know, um, you know, it's Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas, my kid needs a toy or, you know, they're doing life and their kids are are going the wrong way and they want me to speak to their kids, homie, I'm down to do that, That's to give right. them some advice. 
so they won't fall. Because I don't know any gang member or, or what, no matter how high um, your your status is, yeah. you know, whatever organization you're allegedly from that wants them to be a cellmate with their son. Yes, you sir. know, I don't want, I don't need no, I, I don't know nobody that wants to do that. So yes, if they want to hit me up in that case too, when homeboys sometimes hit me up, now I can't help everybody in their criminal cases. I'm one vato, you know, yeah, yeah. but I could do whatever my workload consists me of doing. And when I see the little homies from whatever barrio or hood they're from, that they need some guidance and they need some help in order for them not to fall into the criminal justice system and for them to become lawyers, to, for them to own their businesses in order for them to give Hollis to their homies, yeah. then Simon, you know? I'm not in the, if somebody asks me advice of how do you get out of um, a gang or whatever, and they truly want to do that, you know, I tell them to think about it or, or do you really want, what are you going to do next? But may, my main focus is giving you advice um, so it, whatever you're going to do in life, homie, so you could tell your homies I'm in the same thing. So now you have female actors getting, um, um, doing different things. You know, I think that gangs could be legitimate, legitimatized yes, into, into organizations, homie. But every time when we try the, the Chicanos um, or organizations from back in the days, like the civil movements, every time when Raza tries to unite, the government always comes and tries to break us apart, you know? Mm -hmm. He's Central American or he's Chicano, or they start putting this uh, these FBI agents to infiltrate us whenever we try to do freedom. They say, yeah. well, can, why can't you guys stop gangbanging? Why can't you stop killing? Because history has shown it forever, especially, you know, recently from, from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, when we try to do a movimiento, a movement, they say it's on false pretense, uh -huh. or that we at, we're anti-American, or that we're anti-government, yeah. anything to, to try to break uh, uh, the bond between the homies, and what they consist of is they start to lock up the leaders, dog, yes, and now these homies, the leaders that had Clecha, that were giving the homies some firme advice, now they're locked up as pretty much political prisoners, but they're deemed as animals or criminals, right? right? Because they were trying to help somebody up. How do you make somebody humanized? Um, being that you look at their case and you're like, oh, this guy was from a neighborhood I, I didn't get along with. And then you look, and then you're looking at him and you got to put that to the side. Can you know, and, and look at him like as a human, is that hard to do? You know, when you see somebody like that, people think that this guy was just born like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. You go and talk to their familia, you know? You go talk to their kids. What? Who are you um, outside of whatever you're allegedly accused of doing? Yeah. You know, who, who are your people? How did it happen? You know, what, what did you do in grade school? And, you know, I can't talk too much about the, the you know, it's confidential, a lot of the cases that I do, well, all of the cases that I yeah. do, but I, I think I could talk in the outskirts of it where you know i like to i like to legitimize them humanize them by who were they as a kid before they they joined the or, or this this heinous yeah. allegedly did this heinous crime who were you and where did it start to go wrong mm -hmm. and sometimes you start seeing where there was some emotional abuse um physical abuse um a person that just wanted to belong yeah. you know a person that was bullied man mm -hmm. you know the toughest Lots. toughest fool man yep. if you really go into his or her background they went through some shit when they were um when they were kids, joining the gang was like the last step, yeah. saying, I yeah. give up. And I need pack up. <laughs> and, and you join the gang and you yeah. meet other people that have these gangster masks on. Yeah. But low key, they joined the gang because they were going through the same shit as well. Yeah. You know, so it's about identifying that thing 
And sometimes the jury, people went through that shit too, man. Yeah. You know, or you start to humanize them like that. You have to take away the gang label. And instead of um, killer or chancleta or, <laughs> or Coca-Cola, <laughs> Coca yeah, yeah. it's Jose, Mario. Yeah, yeah. You know, who, who, who are they? And this is, and this is who you do it. And, and, and I want to piggyback up what you're saying. And that's what it is. It, it, we all have that in common. We all have whatever reason we joined the gang, but it's kind of the same soup, just a little bit different flavor, right? Yeah. But, but as far as we... We start to look at guys that are a little bit older than us when we're in a gang, and we think, wow, this guy has it made. This guy yeah. has it. And we don't know that those, that guy hasn't figured it out either. Mm. And eventually, we portray a certain gangster that we become. Right. And, and, and that's how it is. But when we become that gangster, what you were saying, you never lose that. Any real gangster fool, I don't care if he's the biggest killer. I don't care where he's up there in status. He doesn't want his kid to be his cellmate. He doesn't want his son right. to be. We all do want to break that cycle. Yeah, we really do, and I think we just need to kind of find the glitch. And you're a perfect example how we can do that, man. I love it. Yeah, man. Gracias. You know, and a lot of it, I think I became more active into it because before I wasn't. I was just, you know, I came out more of when you know people saying, "Well, can we say that you know the the MS part and whatever?" But I started, you know, so 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 people can know that, um, you know, what what is being portrayed like the last. Um, the last uh, people that were in office, right? The, the president didn't see. He was saying that a certain group was yeah. good people. They were great people. But then these other people and mess, which he was low-key really talking about immigrants. Yeah. Yes. They're the rapists, the killers, the murderers. I'm like, wait a minute, homie. I'm over here. So I gotta go, I gotta go up there and 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 contradict that stuff. Yeah. You know, to um whatever little thing, what whatever little um grain of salt that I could do, you know, for somebody else to see, well. Man, you know, I could probably help out in the same way, you know, yeah. and start like some type of domino effect too. And so, Homies Unidos, how did that come about? So it started in Salvador. Really? Yeah. It, it was a guy, Magdaleno Rose Avila, who was born in Colorado, and he went to El Salvador. He had this grant. I, I think it was the some, some, some type of grant to go study violence over there. Mm -hmm. You know, and then he ran into the, the homies over there, and it was people from MSN 18th Street. And, you know, he was talking about, you know, stopping the violence and stopping the killings be, between them. And some of them yeah. were down with it. And they started the Homies Unidos chapter over there. And, you know, they had a few, like, workshops, you know, for the homies to work, some jobs. So it was going to call, it's going to be called Homeboys Unidos. But then the girls said, no, nah, well, we're not homeboys. So ah, they, they ended right. up with homies. And then Magdaleno went to Los Angeles and he, he met Tom Hayden. Senator oh, okay. Tom Hayden from the Chicago 7, the one that was um, helping us organize. And Mag he presented him to Alex Sanchez. He's the, he, the executive director of Homies Unidos over here in, in L.A. And Magdaleno hit up Alex about Homies Unidos and the work that he was doing. And Alex knew um, Tom Hayden. And Alex was in the mix of beginning to do his violence prevention work también. So that's pretty much how, how it started when he met um, him. And then, you know, Alex hit me up. Um, about it, and I was like, I don't want to go to that, homie. But he was an OG from my barrio, <laughs> yeah, you know, my homeboy right. Laffy también. Um, he hit us up, and you know, they told us in the beginning, and then they were saying we were hearing blah 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 blah, and we got pizza. Oh, fool, let's go eat dog. <laughs> <laughs> let's go eat dog. Let's go. <laughs> let's go eat dog. But during that time, the the crack. But then we started like doing like uh. 
you know, like like um, the stuff that we're talking about right here about healing. You know, in the yes. beginning, we're like, oh, jaleos, yeah, you know? Bullshit, what is this bullshit? Yeah. But little by little, we started to adapt to it. And we had a, we had a safe place to go. That's right. On Thursday, on Thursday, on Thursday night. So I mean, we, what year was this around? Man, this was like 97, wow. 90, 97, 98, no, 97, 98. Wow. And during that time, the crash people, well, what we were doing there, the crash people were hiding. It was in the basement of a church, and the crash cops were hiding outside the windows late at night, recording us. Wow. And they even asked the janitor if they could chew inside one of the closets to hear oh, what we're doing. Geez. So they believe that it was a front for gang banging, for, you know? For gang meetings. So that's what I'm talking about, yeah. you know? Um, and that's when we started getting all this evidence, and then they will, they will harass us and beat us up for trying to go to the Homies Unidos group. So you were either, if you were from, you say you were from Homies Unidos, when you got stopped by the cops, you're going to jail. You say you're from MS, ah, go ahead, get out. Oh, they had it, they, they really had it out for homies to kneel. And this is what I'm talking about when you're trying to do freedom and organize. Yeah, make you, peace. Right. Mm -hmm. You're yeah, you're consistently looked at that you're unlegitimatized or um it's just the front to uh to do some type of criminal behavior. But that's that's pretty much how it started. And then it ended up going to Colorado. Yeah, so I started the chapter over there in Colorado like um, like five years ago. Yeah. And, and how many people do you guys have? What do you guys do? I've seen some stuff on your Instagram aside from your buff pictures you'd be taking over there. <laughs> <laughs> and your workout routine, fool. Yeah. I should have never get my record told on my Instagram, right. dog. Oh, He's going to be fucking okay. with me now. <laughs> that, 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 that's J-Lo's brother, G-Lo. His Instagram is literally G-Lo. I said, G-Lo, fool? Really? Hey, I, I was talking to my son. They're, they're, they're hip and IG. Man, I'm looking for an Instagram name, man. But everybody has Gerardo Lopez already. <laughs> yeah, G-Lo, homie. That's the new J-Lo. So I put Clever and G-Lo for Gerardo Lopez. Yeah. I mean, shit. <laughs> Clever, Clever G-Lo. Yeah, that's G-Lo right yeah. there, fool. Hey, he's got a fans only page yeah, right. no, no, no. <laughs> come on that's why they nice dog nah. <laughs> all right all right gilo so oh man what, dog. What, what what exactly do you guys do at your program out there because i saw some pretty cool stuff and i want what i want yeah. you to talk about yeah man so you know we're we got contracts with the with schools over there you know and we get the kids that are going through the stuff that that are in the in the situation before they 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 join that gang nice. or they join a gang and we tackle those issues that they're going through and sometimes it's the kid that gets suspended the kid that um that's looking where to belong so when you put that homie sonido atmosphere where like when we went to the homie sonido's meeting on thursday nights mm -hmm. where, you know when me and my homie lappy we were kids you, you gave them a safe haven you know and Sometimes when a kid enters a classroom and they have this target on their back of getting in fights, doing drugs, getting kicked out, sometimes a teacher, I met some great teachers, but sometimes there's other teachers that looks at them and they're like, oh, hell no, here comes this kid, you know, in the classroom. So right there, the kid doesn't feel belonged. Yeah. Um, and homies sonidos, when I see them coming in the... In the in the classroom, as soon as I see them, hey, what's up, dog? How yeah. you doing, homie? Right. Because okay. that's what they get in the barrio. Yeah. That's what they get in the hood. Yes, and if you're doing good or you're doing bad, and you have somebody throwing that red carpet at you, yeah, yeah, you're gonna, gonna chill like there, homie. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna chill. So I understand that um, that that could be uh, uh, you know very pleasuring for somebody. Yeah. You know, so we give them that stuff all the time, and you know, I do mediation between kids. You know, so you know, try to stop the the 
the school to prison pipeline, you know? Yeah, you know, with all that pipeline. ticket stuff. Wow. So I do mediations. Hey, homie, so what's the problem, man? Why are you guys fighting? Oh, he said something on Instagram. Where is this girl? I'm like, damn. Okay, so we, we fixed this problem. And then there was this kid that I did like 15 mediations with. I was like, hey, homie. Hey, man, I think you know how to run a mediation already. Come over here and sit down with me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm doing some mediation with these other two guys that have, have beef with each other. And they keep, but they keep staring at homie next to me. Yeah. What's up with him? He's my assistant. <laughs> I gave him a name. Oh, I right. gave him a title. Yeah, yeah. And Davato right. looked at me. He was like, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm the assistant. Yeah, he started. He, he was sitting there like this. All of a sudden, he was, he was like, as buff as you. Huh? I'm the, <laughs> <laughs> He's all like, I'm the assistant. I was all like, all right, cool. And then they started asking, well, how could we be assistants? That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So that's that. We're like, well, let's get them to this mediation, and we talk about it. Yeah. Nice. And then after school, I got guys and girls. There's a line outside my door. Mad. Yeah. They, they, they don't have no problem with each other. Like, hey, man, you gave him an assistant job. Him. What about us? Yeah. <laughs> uh, You're my other assistant. I started uh, running out of names. You're the secretary. Yeah. I started running out of names. There were some girls. She was like, shit, I'll just write, I'll just write on the chalk. Yeah. I'll just run on the chalkboard uh, and erase the names. And everybody had a title and everybody had a sense of belonging, you know, yeah. and that's what that's about. You know, give them their, their stage to tell yes. their stories too. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, do you find it that a lot of these young kids have a, a like a problem just communicating? And that's what kind of yeah. makes the, the fights happen just because of lack of communication. It's lack of communication, sometimes lack of social skills. We live in a barrio, we live in barrios or environment where somebody looks at us wrong yeah. or somebody disses us. Our first thing is um, is the machismo kicks yes. in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the way that we only know how to handle it, um, it's, 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 let, vamonos, let's yeah, do let's this. Do, let's yeah, get the heads. Yeah. It only takes for somebody to go, ooh, ah, you're going to let that fool say that yeah, to do yeah. that. So once you start fixing that anger management and you start fixing the peer pressure part of that and um, some emotional stuff that these guys are going through, because I tell the kid, hey, homie, I don't want you to switch your whole identity, homie. Look at yourself as a 64 Impala, dog. When you're fixing it, you're not going to get rid of the whole damn car. It's a female Rafla. It probably just needs some spark plugs. It probably needs some new wheels. It probably yep. needs some hydraulics, homie. Right. Maybe an oil change, maybe some gas. Look at yourself like that. So I don't want you to change everything. Just change a few things, homie, yeah. in order for you to continue to be yourself. You can continue right. to keep your, your identity. Yeah. And go tell your homies about that stuff and bring wow, them over here and send wow. them that message um, right. también. Now you start, you know, breeding if you will, yeah. you start. <laughs> I gotta tell my if you will, because the people that say this is not head out of the they're Lopez. Gonna they're, gonna they're gonna take a shot. They gotta, and they're saying, oh, my bad, dog. My bad to the viewers, man. They're yeah, probably yeah. taking shots at They're like, damn, yeah, fool, where is this fool getting them to say if you will again? But then it leaves a breathing environment for these kids to graduate, be successful. And I always tell them, one thing all the time, you graduated, you got the diploma, don't ever forget where you came from, don't forget your neighborhood, mm. and don't forget the homies that are still there, homie, right. and go back the mm -hmm. same way that I go back. And it doesn't mean criminal activities, yeah. dog. No, it means right. that, you know what, and it doesn't mean that, you know, you're gonna, you, you know, you're preaching to these guys to, you know, uh, get out of their, whatever it is that they cherish. It's about, you know, they have a firme jale, they have a firme lifestyle, they could share all this stuff with the familias, with them, and then we can make a whole firme community 
community where it's thriving at the same time. And, it, you know, and start your business, dog, you know, and get yeah. that money. Because there's a lot of ways that you could get feria in a firme way without worrying about getting indicted, without worrying about getting locked up, dog. You can live like a dope dealer and not sell dope, homie. Simon. Straight up. You can live That's like a right. dope dealer and not worry about the cops banging your shit in. You That's can, right. You can live that life. and. Yeah. I'm about to change my life, man. This guy's I fucking. I know, right? That's fucking right. me up. Shit. I mean, your your house is free, man. Well, shit, feel safe, don't. This guy's got me wanting to change my life. You got me wanting to work out now, man. Shit. All right. You want to be your sister? You want to be your sister? Hey, man. Hey, Bubu, take a picture of him and and put it as your 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 what's your avatar, your Instagram. Catfishing everybody. Hey, I always remember Bubu. Uh, man, when he, when he got in the find the gas station, oh, oh, that thing had me rolling, dog. I'm looking, that thing had me rolling. I'm looking for somebody who does cartoons. I want to do a cartoon. Oh, that would be man. great. Well, that, that she was with the business. Oh, she was. She was with she the was business. Was <laughs> she got down better than most guys. And I'm a little guy, and a lot of big yeah. guys, they like to, you know, punk me, you know? Yeah. And man, she stood right there, toe to toe. We they, were just going, yeah. hey, <laughs> they, they call their chinga cholos from Whittier, yeah. homeboy. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> the best part is the fucking attendant is locked in that little box, and he's fucking laughing at me. Oh, <laughs> man. That was classic, dog. Oh, oh, I was rolling that night. I couldn't go to sleep. I was late. I'm like, you motherfuckers, I want to watch. You, I'm sorry, I gotta be up at six in the morning. You about to have me busted up, dog. Yeah, yeah. My subconscious mind went into play, if you will, for those people waiting to take a shot. Oh, yeah. I would love to hear her side of the story. Oh, Jesus. Hey, do, do you guys have a? You guys have any issue getting funding? Do you guys think you should get more funding for stuff like that and more projects like that? How's that go work out for you guys? Um. Yeah, man, all the time funding is needed. You know, the, the thing that, and not just for my organization, for all the nonprofits doing this uh, yes. work. I mean, imagine how many trillions of dollars, millions of dollars we invest like in wars, you yes. know. If you invest all this feria into the neighborhoods, man, um, man, you could really start seeing some. I'm, we, I'm starting to see now, you know, with all the demonstrations that happened and all those recent events that happened the last couple of years of, you know, people starting to throw more money at the at, at, at nonprofits in a in a firme way, you know, but it's always small stuff. It's nothing. It's nothing that um, you got to work with the pennies that you get. Yeah, you know, you got to really work with the pennies that you um, that you get. But I'm old school, you know. When we started Homies O'Neills, we started in the street corner. There was no funding. There was no nothing, homie. It was giving advice to um, to homies, you know, just straight from Cora. You know, and that's really how we kept that tradition, um, that tradition with us. But yeah, funding is always needed for the work that nonprofit. I mean, imagine there was thousands of nonprofits doing this type of work. Oh, you know, yeah. there is right, there is, but with the proper, um, with the proper funding. With the, with the, it's with the proper funding and with the proper guidance. Uh, what what? Oh, um, I, I love the uh, what's the name? Uh, King Tone from the Land King. Mm -hmm. Credible messengers. You are a credible messenger. Mm. I mean, a lot of the guys that work uh, work with you are credible messengers. We are credible messengers. Guys who've been in that life and are telling the other young guys, hey, don't go down that route. Mm -hmm. and, and definitely, if we had more people like you and more programs like you, yeah, we can. It's never going to end because right. nothing ever ends. But we can slow it down because there's a lot of intelligent oh, kids yeah. in jail, men in jail. There's a lot of guys that could be. Dude, you could have been an attorney, homie. Come on. Mm -hmm. you, you, really, you took on the federal government right. and, and came won. And won. And what, so how, how do we go about reducing gang gang problems? And what do you think right now is how bad do you think the gang problem is right now across the United States? 
Well, you know, I think the way to reduce the problem is to invest more money into our barrios, into our ghettos, into our hoods. And let organizers be organizers, man. Um, you know, for the government to stop, uh, you know, locking up our, our, our fathers, you? man. You know, locking up the men from the house, you know, um, giving... You know, for the barrels to stop being, you know, born in points or uh, 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 breathing system into the prison system. You know, that's the, another thing. And trying to find more outlets for sports, for better schools, better education, better jobs, um, you know, better health care, better social services. You know, um, it takes time to do that. You know, you won't see the change sometimes in 10, 15, 20 years down the road. But every time when you see a politician, what's the main thing that they go against? It's this uh, this law and order mentality. We're tough on crime mentality. We've seen that it hasn't worked throughout the years and every. Four years, once you're getting into something or you're starting to climb the ladder, moving the, the, the ladder, the needle a little bit, then another politician takes over this politician. And now it's the same thing back one where they want to show that they're tough on crime to get their votes, you know. So it's kind of fixing fixing that stuff. But gang banging across the nation, I think a lot of it also consists in social media now, you know, where anybody <laughs> could be a keyboard warrior, dog. Gangster with it. Yeah, oh, you don't have to go yeah. to the hood right now to no. get jumped, you know. Nope. Some kids that I work with in schools are like, wait a minute, homie, you are, I don't think you're from a gang, dog. <laughs> where did you learn this? So they, like yeah, you don't go. Yeah, you don't go to the corner to learn that. Now you just go to YouTube, you learn yeah, that you stuff. You learn how to walk the walk, talk the talk, and you play out these fantasies in schools where there's security, you yeah, know, and there's protected. other people. Mm -hmm. or, but then it becomes the sense of belonging too, right? But social media is a big, um, it's a big spreader of this, this gang stuff. Where the levels of gang banging is, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. It's definitely not the 80s, right? It's <laughs> no, definitely not no, the 90s. No, no. It, the stilo and the lingo is, uh, has changed dramatically the gang member has changed dramatically and there's these other people that are actually with it también yeah, of course. right there's people that, that that are with it but yeah it, it's just change you know and it, it almost changes all the time you know but you have to continue to attack all those core things that i said that happen in in barrios throughout the time no matter what the changes with the lingo is or what the stilo is if you continue to attack and attack and attack all those bad things that happen in the barrio, you know, that, that suppress our people and keep our people down. Um, it, it's like that. And sometimes our own gente stays down because they don't see nobody around them succeed. So when you start telling them, hey, homie, you could be like a doctor or lawyer. Hell no, that is so far out of oh, their mentality. Yeah. Because yeah. But if yeah. I put them into a neighborhood, mm -hmm. it's a rich neighborhood. And everybody in that neighborhood is becoming doctors and lawyers. And, and I drop them off right there for a couple of weeks, a month. And I go to the neighborhood and say, hey, homie, you could be a doctor or a lawyer. That homie's going to say, hell yeah, I could. Yes, sir. Because he's around that environment, environment yeah. you know. But, yeah, that's my take on that. So how many social media beefs do you have to stop at your thing? Because nowadays it seems like there's all, that's the main fight nowadays. It is because social media. How has that affected your guys' work? No, well, you know, it's, it's a lot, you know, with the, the social media stuff. And it, it's... Sometimes over a girl, or this guy said this, or... You didn't like my post. You didn't like my post. <laughs> what was that smiling emoji? This was something serious yeah. that I put on face, Facebook. Damn it. <laughs> and you got somebody in the... Uh, you, then you got somebody in the comment section. Damn, fool, why is that fool laughing at you? Yeah, yeah. It just takes that fool. You're going to let that fool do that to you? Yeah. Now, now, so it's not like in the street corner where it where if you get punked, okay, it's only three or four people saw. Yeah, yeah. But now if something happens, you pressure. Now you got about two or 300 people yeah. that understand and that. And they keep seeing it. And That's they the keep crazy. seeing it and seeing it. 
And you know, that really goes into, let's take the gang banging stuff about, uh, out of there. When you really look at that stuff, sometimes that goes into bullying. Yep, you know? Of course. I've heard of kids that as young as 10, 9, 10, 11 year old, take their life. Yeah. Like take their life at that age, sad. man. Because it was so serious and everybody was laughing, you know? So it's a dangerous thing for for you know for that stuff. But yeah, there's there's a lot of that stuff that that goes on, man. And sometimes even when you think about it, when sometimes we were gang banging, you know, you know, Simon, you're from my a uh, 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 wrong neighborhood and we got a gang bang, you know, that's why we always thought he's from this hill, we got a gang bang. But sometimes it was over some small stuff. Oh, that, oh, that yeah. end, right? Well, but most fights are. Fool. Yeah. I was, I was, my, my homie passed away uh, about a week and a half ago, right? Mm -hmm. And we got together at a fundraiser. And it was me, about eight, eight to ten of my homies were chilling around. We're shooting the shit, right? Right. And then my homeboy Wolf, he's a, he's a, one of the original guys from my neighborhood. He starts telling a story about some gang that they're no longer around. But yeah. how the guy came up to him, tried to come at him stupid. And then after he told him, oh, no, homie, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was you. I said, what'd you tell him? Well, fuck you. Boom. Mm. Started that little gang war right. right there, right? I said, fool, why don't you just tell him, all right, homie, no, 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 no harm, no foul. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. that's how gang, gang wars start that easy. Right. It's just something so small that there's a lack of communication. We don't know how to back down. And the set, we don't know how to take an apology. Right. We don't know. Most, and most of the gang wars are over some chick, homie. Right. Some chick that right now got about 10 kids and, and is married to some other enemigo by now that you right. were trying to break <laughs> Right. Right. You know, and, and, and our, you know, to remind me when, when when you asked me about what else that you do you guys do we actually have a stage you know in the schools we go to the stage and sometimes we play out these these uh these things that might that happen, happen with the kids yeah you know or uh, some well, role oh, nice. play what happened in this that, yeah some role playing of how it's gonna happen and everybody's to a hundred because you know when somebody says man fuck you you know kind of two things go to your mind yeah you know oh damn this was this in me and then your 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 blood level goes up you start yeah, clenching you your fight. fist yeah. or you get your cuete or whatever and it's mm -hmm. a wrap yeah. how do you go down from 100 to like 65 <laughs> 65 <laughs> homie. can you go down to 65 <laughs> yeah, yeah. so i start teaching these kids these methods on how to go down to 65 as soon as somebody analyzes you i tell them look sometimes look at it as if somebody comes and wants to sell you a pile of shit you're not going to say, Simone, I got it. Yeah. You're going to like, hell no, nah, yeah. homie. Yeah. You know, Charlie, you know, if somebody wants to sell you something like a car, you're going to check that out. You're not going to say, Simone, where are the keys? And boom, yeah. let's go. You got to yeah. analyze the situation instead of analyzing the situation when you're behind the police car handcuffed yep. and all of a sudden you want to talk to your higher power yeah. you haven't talked to your higher power <laughs> yeah, in a minute yeah. but you want to yeah. talk to your higher power you start thinking about your jefita and you start saying damn I, I messed up you know but right there you're you're like at you're not at 65 you're like at 35 yeah. miles per hour right yeah, you're really sure. arritado no. about the situation all of a sudden you want to call mama yeah and, and get bailed out and shit yeah oh, man <laughs> What's up with the Nikes? I mean, you got the... No, dale. Right, I was going to bring the nah, Nike Cortezes, yeah, nah, homie. Cortezes, homie. <laughs> I saw a couple of, of, um, of articles, and they were kind of saying that was your guys' shoes. And I was like, wait a minute, homie. I got I to gotta push back on that now. Wait a minute, homie. You saw that one, right? Right, right. So... What what was your guys' take on the Nike the Nike? See, they look at they're gonna tell me they're like, yeah, let's wear our zapatos now. But hey, but you, you you saw that report, right? I did, man, and you know I actually did a re, uh, an interview with that uh, 
it was from a newspaper in, um, I think it was in New Zealand somewhere. Oh, wow. Okay. They wanted to know about the connection between the Nike Cortez. Said, yeah, we started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the whole piece. Yeah, I started. That, that's it. <laughs> no, you know, it, I told them that, the, you know, that Nike Cortez, is it's L.A. culture. You know, it's LA culture. It was it, it was there when you know all kinds of barrios started wearing the Nike Cortez. You know, it didn't come from one. It didn't come from one barrio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From what? 1972 when it came out. Yeah, 1972 when it when it yeah. came out. It was it's a track shoe. It's a running shoe. You know, Chris Jenner wore. Chris Dick. Caitlyn. Caitlyn Jenner. That's who, that's what made him popular. Yeah. Caitlyn made him popular at the, at the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Yep, the '84 Olympics. I think it was. They, they said, "Hey, they said they cut Oh man. I don't know. Another generation might yeah. say it's Forrest Gump. Hey, hey, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. I saw it on the internet. It was Forrest Gump. No, but that was Forrest Gump was after. No, but the Nike Cortez, and it's actually a track shoe. Yeah, it is. It's a track shoe, man. I remember getting blasted with the Nike Cortez. Now you could really have some fences, but they have some feet in the teeth. <laughs> they got some feet in my oh, teeth, yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. And so then everybody started wearing it, but yeah, now. <laughs> but to answer the question, it wasn't one one gang that started. Everybody had everybody. the Nike Cortez, and apparently, every now people are not gangbang wear up. I was joking. You, yeah, I, was, I, I, I called him. Kier was on live, and I was yeah. on Thursday. And I was. I always listen to these guys um, over in Colorado, and I come. I call Gil, man, because I was packing my bag to Colorado. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. fuck with Gil a little bit. I told. Hey, dog, I'm packing my, my stuff up to come to L.A. <laughs> I'm thinking about packing my Nike Cortezes. Are they safe to wear now? <laughs> I tell you, I don't even trip, man. Every white boy out here wears those yeah, things yeah, nowadays. Yeah, yeah man. Well, but, you, you can wear the Cortez. If you put the high socks on, then you might have problems. Then you might have problems with the high socks, right? Then you might have problems. Right? Once you put those two together, you, you gang banged out, carnal. <laughs> I should have brought them. I got them right there in my hotel room. But now, now I look at it. I look at the Nike Cortez, and it's more in a, than a in the culture, really look at those shoes and so many memories, right? Because yeah. sometimes oh, yeah. when you identify, you could identify so many memories with a Dodger jersey, you know, a North Hollywood shirt, yeah. uh, uh, a LA hat, you know, a chain that somebody gave mm -hmm. you, you know, when I look at the Nike Cortezes and then you put the oldies to kind of trigger oh, those imagination and stuff, yes, you go on, you go down on memory lane, homie. You yeah, put the yeah. belt buckle with the belt buckle with the letter, and yeah, someone yeah. put like a 10 letter, like, come on, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Get your model you're just cruising around the house yeah. <laughs> you, you know you know what the, what it is dude get gang bang not gang banging get gangs right mm -hmm. take out the guns take out the fights take right. out the, the 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 drugs the drama when you get to the core of it it's just a bunch of homies it's just a bunch of friends yeah We're, we we really are no different than a college frat Exactly. But exactly. It's just we were raised different, built different, and we started fighting one another. Right. But like you guys, man, you guys were quote unquote my enemies. Right. Back in the days, you guys ain't my enemies, homie. You guys are my homies, Carlos. Right. Likewise, though. And, and that's and that's what we gotta kind of convey to these young guys. Hey, homies, we don't gotta kill each other to say I, like me and him. We're we're enemies back in the days, right? Right. So it I don't it doesn't mean that I love my neighborhood more because I'm trying to kill one of his homies. Right. No, it means I love my neighborhood more because I'm trying to make peace with the guy mm. because that way his kid ain't gonna be in a gang, my kid ain't gonna right. be in a gang, and we're trying to slow this thing down slowly but surely. Like you said, it took a while to get where we're at. Right. It's gonna take us a while to get out of this thing, but hopefully, eventually, if we'll, with people like you, with homies like this, we can eventually start getting out of this, man. Or I hope so at least. No, yeah, homie. You know, you know, it's definitely you know, 
the circle that I, you know, we just about staying away from the from the criminal behavior and the criminal activity so you won't be locked up. That's dog. what it is. Homie. You know, and, you know, not to knock on the people that are locked up. You know, I know there's a lot of homies right there that are doing life and they're doing life already, you know. So, you know, they, they do what, what they do. You know, that's that, that's their thing. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, none of them will want their kids no. to be sold up yeah, with, no, um, no. with them, you know. So I always look at helping somebody out, you know, or somebody, you know, in a very respectful stuff and the things that, that I that I do, and I don't think I'm better than nothing than than, not. than anybody, dog. You know, I just I just do me, and you know the the people that that ask for my help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. Most of those guys that are doing life in prison, they will tell guys getting out, dude, don't come back over here. Right, exactly. You have a second chance, and that's a feed me, homie. That's a, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a, a homie, true homie. Dog. That's a feed me, homie. That's a true homie. Yeah. You always get that one that don't give a fuck, but that's anywhere. But that's right, like, right. But the majority of guys, even when I speak to homies that are doing life, homie, they look at the life that I'm living. They kind of living through, like, dude, that I, I'm so glad you're doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, I wish I would have done that. Right. But it, that's just not the route. But most homies, even those homies, you know, shout out to all the homies in the joint, man. Right. That are in the struggle. Most guys. Wish they could get out. Most guys wish they knew there was a door. And you, I, boo, we can walk you to the door. Right. But it's up to you to open that door to change your life. Yeah, right? that's true, though. And it's a hard part. What do you think is the hardest part about trying to get out the hood, man? It, it becomes an addiction lifestyle. You know, um, when I, I play Little League Baseball and, um, you know, you whatever my Little League Baseball? Yeah. Today? What's up? Today? No, not right now, dog. He's, he's the ringer. I should have been, hey, been in the major hey, leagues hey, if hey, I didn't start gangbanging. He's, he's, hey, who's this guy? Oh, he's 14. He's, he, he's from Cuba. He's, he's a 14-year-old player from Cuba. Here's my birth certificate, yeah, yeah, man. I got my birth certificate. No, it's not 78. Yeah. It's, it's a soldier. It's a soldier. Dude, like, put him on the team. The Dodgers will be watching. Dodgers. Let's win this World Series, dog. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Put me on, dog. <laughs> Put me on, man. Yes, but I guess I, did, <laughs> I guess it did sound like yeah. You're like I play uh, literally baseball. I, <laughs> my my D kind of faded away at the end. I played. Uh, I played, if you will, for the people taking the shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gotta take the shot. That was a shot. Yeah, I it played it. Really take the shot. No, but I. But. <laughs> oh man but i played little league baseball as a kid and man i had pride in my suit i couldn't yeah. wait to play i was with my ball and my baseball in the mirror and everything and that was my addiction thing because i put so much passion into my team and i wanted to be the best player there yeah. i wanted to do a home run then the funding ran out and there was no more little league baseball in armor park right there and i kind of started gangbanging yeah so little by little I got the dickies, I got the tortillas, got the tattoos, looking at myself in the mirror. Ah, So I put passion into it, right? And then that became my addiction lifestyle, like Mm -hmm. if it was my baseball team. Now to get somebody out of the gang, you know, or or whatever, change their lifestyle, you you know, there's people that could continue to be successful without getting out of the gang, right? There there, there really is. There really is is people that continue to do that. But... How long did you walk that walk? So it takes time to break those um, cycles. I'm not saying that wearing this clothes and flaunting is going to get you locked up or get you in. in, in it really depends on what is it that you're doing. Mm-hmm. But if you're going down a different road where it's going to get you locked up, it's about breaking those behaviors. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So once you start breaking those behaviors and seeing what works for you, like, it, but... 
you know, sometimes gangbanging does teach you. Uh, 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 you know, I don't recommend people to get in a gang. Let's get that. Let's get that shit out the way. Let's get that shit out the way, if you will. There's always that one. Say, look, he's everywhere. The feds are like, oh motherfucker, we got you. We got you. Get the recorder going. Get the recorder going. But, but, you know, it sometimes it taught you orgullo. It taught you pride. Um, it taught you different things, but sometimes the homies used it in different ways where it got them locked yeah, up. I kept my orgullo and I kept my pride, but it was um, for different things that I was doing también. You could have orgullo, you could have pride. Yes. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to be walking down with your head down or thinking that, you know, you're not a somebody. You have to think that you're, you know, you're, you're always, you know, that you're worth something. Absolutely. You know, that, that, that. And if you, if you take that with you, Man, imagine if you get a holler and you act like that. Walk, walk into the holler and act like, Simone, I'm going to handle this shit today, homie. <laughs> you take care of I business. got this. You take care of business yeah, and you yeah. work up that ladder and say, Simone, I could be the manager. Mm -hmm. And you have that same energy from the energy from when you dressed up and you walk down with that energy and that pride down your barrio. Have that same thing and that energy when you're having that holler. And yeah. wake up and when you bounce out of bed and say, hell yeah, the same way that you bounce out of bed and say, hell yeah, it's Friday that I'm going yeah. to the hood. Yeah. Bounce out of bed the same way. Hell yeah, right. I'm going to go to this and I'm going to handle this stuff. That's right. Right? So you have For to keep sure. that same energy and keep it 100 when you're doing that. And you're going to yeah. see how successful you become in life. Yeah. yeah. I tell homies this, man. I said, listen, man. Give yourself 30 days. Stay away from the hood. Go to work. Take care of business. Your old lady's going to be much happier than you. You're not going to be fighting all fucking day. Your mom's going to be much happier. You're not going to be fighting. You're not. You're going to live a much less stressful life. And you're going to see good things will happen. You start right. doing shit, you're going to fucking get... Full yeah, of shit, man. Homie. This is a good life. You can still live. We're still we're chilling right here. We're chilling. We're homies. We can have a cerveza. We could chill. Except what it is is a lot of these guys want to burn it out and party all day long and, and do all that. Right. But at the end, at the when it's time to pay the piper, you're in jail and you're losing more time. I'd rather just take it slow. Yeah. Have a good time and enjoy life, man. Yeah, it's because you know I, I remember you know we used to. Es que nos vamos cien en todo. We go sí, hundred and you know, we can't drink. Sometimes, you know, back in the days, I couldn't, I, I wanted to party the whole night. Yeah. Everybody's, why are you leaving, homie? Let's yeah. keep going. It's the same day. We're party. The block, They're like, damn, that food clever is still up, dog. <laughs> He's still partying, right? <laughs> but, you know, exactly like you're saying, you put that energy and you put that um, that hundred and do it into something, you know, successful. Now you're you're helping your jefita to pay the rent, you know, or yeah. pay bills. I mean, that's that's respecting your, your jefita, you know, that's doing that. And I started thinking, all the time at Barrio, because everybody knew that she was my mom, so nobody would turn at her. Nobody would whistle when she's walking down the park. Everybody yeah. knew that's that's Clever's mom, right? And yeah, man, but but it was that type of uh, a respect with um, you know with different things like that, you know. And you know, you, you start, but at the same time, when I was getting locked up and being behind the police car and her having to visit me. Um, then I feel got you, you know, I started yeah. seeing, man, you know, low key, low key, you know, don't, don't, no disrespect for, you know, the gente in there that their family goes to visit them or no disrespect like that, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, when I was in juvenile hall or whatever and busy, now that I'm older, I started seeing, you know, um, that was a little low key, um, where I wasn't being as respectful, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, to her, but I was really worried you're breaking her heart that, yeah, you know, you're breaking her heart and everything. And, you know, it, it's some shit, you know, but, you know, even to help homies out, I mean, it's, I think family connection between the homies that are locked up, you know, and, you know, 
for them to be getting more visits, more contact visits, more time, more visits with their yeah. familias to yeah. build that bond, for them to build that bond with their kids también. Something to look forward to. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's homies in there that haven't seen their kids in years, yeah. dog, and these kids are teenagers, and sometimes they rebel because they don't have a jefe, mm -hmm. you know, or the dad's not there, so they go out to the barrios to, to figure. Sometimes they find good role models, and sometimes they don't, but, you know, we also have to find a way on how to get um, better connections between between the the prisoners and the familias right there yeah. you know so we're gonna start wrapping this thing up man what do you got going on homie you're gonna make a movie you're gonna do you're gonna you're gonna play for nah. the dodgers what's up we'll talk to did you, you say play for the dodgers ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, that sounds like a good idea I, I, I take it you're a dodger fan yeah, right. oh man you know i just you know, it's, it's not that I, um, uh, I'm this vato or this and this and that, you know, but I don't really accept, you know, sometimes I do interviews, you know, I, I, I see the, the, the gente, you know, like, you know, and, and go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I would say it took a fucking year for him to get back to me. You know that, right? Oh, it took man. it took a year for this. I got I got at this for a year. Now, by now, it's been about a year and eight months. It, it took a year. I hate the pandemic. No, that was no, no, before the pandemic. He's like, COVID. American Cholo. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm going to Mad TV. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a spam. It was the spam, right? No, no, it, no. It was a trip because I saw it and I got a gang of those things. They come to my podcast, but I start seeing what they want to talk about. You, what do you want? Oh, how? Tell me all the they gang. Yeah, shit, they yeah. they want to. They tell me all the violence about MSTT. I could tell you how to humanize a homie. Right. Yeah. I'm not here to to you know for for other uh, stuff. But they want me to talk out of the side of my neck. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying, yeah. dog? But yeah, I, I I was on YouTube late at night again. Me and my YouTube things. <laughs> Um, trying to figure out how many if you wills I said, <laughs> you know, counting them like sheep, right? Trying to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but then I saw you talking to uh to Young Beeves. Okay, yeah, and you Delta guys Beaver. were yeah, and you Born guys it. were talking about, and I don't really, I'm not really on YouTube. When I see mm -hmm. YouTube, it's just like listening to Lowrider Oldies, yeah. Chante, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, kind of that stuff. And you guys were talking about YA, homie. And, babies, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to listen to this all the way through. I saw, like, the interview, and I started listening, like, two minutes, three minutes. Like, damn. And this vato, uh, young, he was he was actually talking about the fucked up shit that he went through. A lot, homie. The a shit lot. that he went through, homie. And he was in a... You know, was, he wasn't super, 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 uh, super high power of, uh, of, about it with, with the stories, but... That kind of caught my attention, that. And then the, the way that you interviewed him the and the stilos mixed together and then all of a sudden it was like an hour or something i'm like damn i gotta go to sleep homie. <laughs> but it was a firme entertaining that's thing right. and Thank that's you. when i started thinking wait a minute man i remember because american cholos are, is very name, memorable yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember this story from uh i remember email from american Cholos. i remember the email and then i think i hit you up the the, the year the, later no <laughs> <laughs> No, that was like the next day. Yeah. Oh, that was like the that was like the next day. There was this thing that um when when Vlad hit me up, I wasn't gonna do that because I was already signed to uh you know it had nothing to do with with uh with MS. No, they would yeah. they just wanted to um or gang banging or nothing like that. They just wanted me to be a host of a of a TV series, you know. Right. And I was like a host of a TV series, ching And then it kind of fell through. I was like, damn. I'm like, all right. So then I saw this Vlad stuff. Yeah, I guess I'll go on Vlad. <laughs> but low key, I was there to say, because I know they're going to be watching. They want to be a host, but so I'm going to go yeah. with my suit, though. Ah, I'm going right. to see, yeah, 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 yeah. see what's up. Yeah. So I don't know what Vlad's editor was, but I kept shifting, dog. I kept shifting like this. 
And this, so what was the most violent thing that you ever done in your life? <laughs> Which I stand to that, okay? I stand to that, right? Still to this day. But low key, I was I was changing different ways so these people from the series could get different the different, different angles. My homeboy laughing was there now because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like, yeah. damn fool, you moving a lot. <laughs> you know, different headshots. And then I go to the comment section, I see this vato and everybody's oh, roasting me. I was like, damn dog, if you will, if you will. Yeah. And then I get the email, I get the phone call from the people because they, they were like, Gerardo. I'm like, what? We saw you on Black TV. We loved it. Oh, <laughs> it for real. You're like the only people that loved it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it worked. And then we got signed and it, it didn't really kind of uh, uh, fell through again. But, you know, it's something. It's a little bug that they put in my head. You know, nothing that, you know, um, you know, what it is what it is. It is yeah. My it main is, thing is, you know, to answer your question of what do I got going on is, you know, continue to help the kids from the from the neighborhood, whatever mm -hmm. whatever neighborhood they're yeah, from. Of course. You know, I mean. let's get that straight. Whatever neighborhood they're they're from, um, I'm there to to help and you know, that's what we do with homies Sunios and whatever advice that it is, because I want them to share their story, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what it is about. It's not about my story, it's yeah. about them graduating, going on to be whoever they're going to be in life, coming back to their old neighborhood, mm -hmm. helping their helping. homies out. Right. And, you know, we, we we rise above together. There's no this that, you know, Clever made it or whatever. Gerardo mm -hmm. Lopez made it and he's 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 riding off into the sunset, you know. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I never feel like like I made it 100% because you always want to strive to be to continue to yeah. to be to be more and do when I do yeah. when I do better I think that the people around me the my organization and the people that I'm helping um, they thrive too you know and they're really the battery and they're really my energy to to strive as high as I can when I see them um, making good choices and changing their life around uh, you know that's right I mean so Give us our intro out pretty soon, Chris. I need you to give a shout out to your son and whoever else you want to shout out real quick, my boy. Yeah, so I guess shout out to my to my uh to my son Alan, my son. Hey, what's up, dude? Yeah, yeah. There you go, homeboy. My kids are like, oh, you already messed it up. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> no, but uh -huh. shout out to my son Alan, my my uh my son and my son Andrew, you know, and um to my brothers, my brother Jesse and my homeboy uh Laffy over here. Now, Laffy always, because I, I I did yeah, the TEDx talk, uh -huh. and I always say I moved to a friend's house in Colorado. Then I did the Black TV wait, thing. Wait, take that intro out. I want to ask him a question. No, no, we're back. <laughs> intro, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. You were on TED Talks. Yeah. You know what TED Talks is? No. No, it's above your caliber of thinking right now. <laughs> 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 He's still thinking about it. this fool. Yeah, yeah. This will really play Little League. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He must be a monster on that. Okay. He must be a beast. Hey, this is how it works. You you know you know how you heard of World Star? I'm sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. See, World Star is this part of like YouTube, right? Okay. And there's YouTube. <coughs> TED Talks is up there. Mm. TED Talks is a very intellectual part of. I don't know if it's part of YouTube or their own thing, but TED Talks is it's, it's a very intellectual thing where guys give their TED Talk. Right. You were on there. How does that work? Yeah. So thousands of people. Um, you gotta check this TED talk out. So thousands of people fill out applications, you know, to give their talks potentially, and from those thousands of people, they pick about fourteen each uh, segment. TEDx talk is what I did. Excuse me. And they have about three or four a year. It happens like every four months. And I didn't feel nothing out. They kind of hit me up. I guess they. I don't know. They saw me somewhere. Somebody referred me, and right. they kind of 
were with the story and they told me, hey, um, do you want to be in a TEDx talk or TEDx talk? So I started Googling, what is TEDx? You know, <laughs> and I started seeing the talks and I heard about it, you know, but not to the, to the extent. And I was like, yeah, cool. Um, all right, well, you know, next week, just put a, a, a story together, one page of what it is that you want to talk about. So I kind of said, ah, I don't want to do all that. You know, like, now nah, I was like in a school. I was like the restorative justice coordinator right there doing my program. And they hit me up a week later también. And they hit me up a week later and they told me, hey, did you got your thing, your, your story now? Like, nah, man, I haven't. So they hit me up, okay, okay, we're going to give you another week. So I started, you know, putting it together. And then I interviewed with them and they liked it. And I was like, damn, all right, cool. So I thought I was just going to shoot from the hip. But they give you a speaking coach. Yeah, that, yeah. They give you a speaking coach. And you just can't go out there saying the speech. You got to memorize it. Tambien. Like, I'll just go out there and read it from the paper. You got to memorize it. So I was like, damn, man. So I wrote the speech. And then they help you tambien, with the with the speech. You know, maybe this way or that the way. grammar, everything. Yeah, the grammar. Put this is section here, section there. It's only really like a page and a half speech. You can't go in there with emphasize five pages. Emphasize on this. Like... Yeah, emphasize on this. Your, your voice tones. You know, so sometimes I get really energetic. You yeah. know, and sometimes I'm like... Uh, so they said as soon as you know when you're talking and you're talking about energetic stuff um hey come out of yourself doc yeah you know what i'm saying come out of yourself and when you're talking about stuff that's not so energetic kind of like you know that's right you're talking about sad stuff will be sad (laughs) you know and i was like damn there's no way i could do this (laughs) but and i told my son because i was practicing for like a week and i told my son he knows a lot of rap songs hey man how do you remember all these songs he said just when you're when you're when you're reading them, just kind of sing them out, you know, out loud. So I broke my whole talk down and I pasted it around the house, like a few pages. You still remember some of it? Yeah, I could still, I probably still, you're not going to put me to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give, give me like 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I was once, I, El Salvador, and I saw. <laughs> oh, no. I'll try to remember as I'm talking right now, pero, I'll try to, dog, but it won't be the same, pero... But yeah, so so I was doing this, uh, memorizing the the whole talk, right. and one day I just got it. I memorized it. So now it, it consisted of, okay, now how do I, now I gotta put the people in my bu- my, my my bubble and have everybody feel my talk. Yeah. You know, I gotta be floating in the in the damn thing. So I took, so it was the day of the of the presentation, and you know I don't really like to eat when I when I uh, present in front of of people you yeah. know so but i only ate a few tostados de ceviche in the morning and i was up you know i was up like at five o'clock i was one of the last la, the last tedx guys and then the red carpet's right there uh the spotlight's right there there's five thousand people stage yeah, five thousand yeah, yeah. people homies what's their shit and the person that is just ending their tedx talk they're shaking hands and they're walking to me and then the other people are waiting to call me. And as I, and as I get up out of my chair, dog, I feel dizzy. Oh, oh shit. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, I feel dizzy. And everything sometimes starts to feel weak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're having that dream where oh, you're trying to run, but you really can't run, dog. Yeah. But the thing was that I studied this talk for two months, eight to ten hours a day. Wow. In my car, everywhere. You know, my, my son knew the the... the, the <laughs> because he was right there (laughs) and and my son as soon as i started he was like you know you might not know who i haven't even forgot it (laughs) (laughs) you might have heard about them in the news they may call murderers violent 
destructive lawbreakers and you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. all that stuff and my son will say the same thing you know like oh here comes this fool again. he yeah. knew it because i used yeah. to always practice it but i practiced it so much homie that and then i started remembering the way that i walked down my barrio mm -hmm. the pride that i had homie yeah. when i went to to chill right there so remember when i say that you could take that with you Sir. I took that with me to that stage. Yeah. And glad I wasn't like, uh, you know, we're going to go gangbang on these shoes. <laughs> it wasn't nothing like that. But I took that with the me energy. to the stage. And I strolled in that stage like I owned it, homie. That's yeah. right. And I stood right there. And as soon as I tried to uh, speak the first words, it felt like I was whispering. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say it even louder, yeah, but yeah, I couldn't, yeah, yeah. dog. Oh, it's like when you're having a dream, you're trying to scream, but help, but it's like, yeah, help, help. Out. <laughs> but I said it, and after, and my, yeah. and yeah, and the sleeves on my shirt was so tight, too, I couldn't even lift my hands. It wasn't by purpose. It wasn't by purpose. Like, it was, get up. This fool. It wasn't by purpose, dog. It just happened, homie. It just happened. Like today, it just happened. It just happened. But the talk happened, and halfway through the talk, I didn't really know what the hell was saying. I, I just kept, kept thinking. Going, huh? I just kept thinking, God damn, I'm barely here. Oh. <laughs> but I, I studied it so much that it became organic. And yeah. that's for all the young homies in the neighborhood, homie. Somewhat a, 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 a pointer right there. Once you study something, once you do something, you put your whole effort don't be afraid to do what it is to take that giant leap for you to prosper in life and do it. If you've been doing it and doing it and doing it, it's in you and it'll come out organically, homie. Yeah, it's right, right there right, with you. Gonzafos, right? Gonzafos. Yeah. And that's the way it came out. And it was going. And then I was just flowing. And at the same time, I was checking my my uh, my voice levels, you know, the way I said that something. You know, yeah. the way that I was, how many steps I took. Because you can't leave the, the circle. And in the end, and in the end, um, you got a standing ovation. Yeah, 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 I saw that. And when I got that standing ovation, I mean, it was a firme um, right. thing. But yeah. I wanted the, and there was a lot of homie sonidos kids. And yeah. I mentioned them throughout the talk. There was pictures, but I felt that that standing ovation, I wanted to direct it to them, not to me. Mm -hmm. You know, because they were there, yeah. you know. And then, you know, I, I was telling people, then we had an after party. And when everybody knew that these were the kids and those pictures and the kids that I was talking about, Hey, homie, there was lines. To meet them? To meet them, dog. Oh, there right. was lines to meet them. Yeah. And you could constantly see that pride and that orgullo right there where they were talking about what the program was about. They were talking about their life stories. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. They were talking about the changes that they were making in their in, in, in their life to help themselves, help their familias, and to, and to help others, you yeah. know? And that's when I wanted to teach them that you could get power, respect, power, and pride in a firme way también, in a positive way, you know? Yeah. And they carry that time also. And now... Um, I work at this school where they saw my talk and and they're building their own little TEDx stage. Oh, very cool. Oh, you wow. know, where they want to do their own talks. Yeah, you we know? can do one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we will do a TEDx <laughs> talk. Yeah. yeah, and you know, that TEDx talk, um, I've been blessed. It's had, you know, I don't know, like 3 million views or whatever. Five point something million. Oh, okay, five point something million. Who's counting? Nobody's looking at those numbers. And from... Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? They're clapping. I thought yeah, they were whistling, yeah. but I see they're clapping. Okay. Chris, Chris is clapping at you. I'm like, what yeah. the girls are? Who's listening? 
But what was I at? That was basically. You, you, you were saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, my bad. The, what was I saying? That he's going to be a TED Talk. <laughs> he's going to be a TED Talk. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's doing a TED Talk at the school that you're at. Oh, yeah, the school that I'm mm -hmm. at. And they're practicing um, their stuff uh, to do that, you know? That's and cool. I sit on the. Um, so TEDx um, invited me to their. To their count to their council and advisory board. So now I look for speakers, you know, right. to see if they're good potential speakers yeah. or fits to um to do TEDx talks. Hey, we could <laughs> What about this guy? Yeah, right? What about this guy? That's I, right. I want to rent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't Theo Ted talk, boy. <laughs> Oh, but right, yeah, right. you know, and, and we're working with the we could we could talk about it, but yeah. we're also working with the kids because I wanna I also wanna get a a kid up there to to do um you know to do something like that. Yeah, for you know? sure, man. And, That's great. That's great, man. Hit that intro. This guy didn't want to say uh shout out to his son, so I'll say shout out to Clever Son. Right. <laughs> shout out to all the homies from MS, all the homies from every hood, all the homies yep. in the struggle. We're all one rasa, we're all brown. Thank you guys for tapping in. Right on. Gracias. Thank you for having us. And we had your favor. Right on. That's it. Nah, this is See good you shit. next time. There you go, brother. Let's do it. Right on, dog. Hell yeah. Hey.